Welcome to Week in Horror. You gotta be fucking kidding. The only podcast that will feed your horror need. The need to feed. With JL. Yeah, I'm a fucking masochist. I'll watch that shit. <laughs> Eugene. Somebody has to be the sex symbol, I'm sorry. <laughs> Alex. Shit, I just demonetize this forever. And Johnny O. How do you like that shit? Got half was in a monologue. <laughs> Before unmuting myself. Golly, it's one of those fucking days. <laughs> With industry guests. Hi, this is Richard Oakes, director of host. Hey, this is Adam Leader, director of host. This is Matthew Mark Hunter. I'm Donna Nelly. And you're listening to Week in Horror. And you're listening to Week in Horror. And this is Week in Horror. And you're listening to Week in Horror. Welcome to prime time, bitch! News, trivia, and more. One by one, we will take you. Join our live show Wednesdays at 7 central, youtube.com slash weekinhorror, and wherever you listen to podcasts, Week in Horror. Stay scared. (laughs) Hey, welcome, welcome, horror fans. It is Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. That means it's time for another episode of the Week in Horror podcast, the only podcast that's ringing in the new year with Fear. <laughs> I found that line. Uh, the the door's that way. <laughs> I'll let myself out. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast host, you can join us here for our live show on YouTube. So you too can laugh and scream with us, flex your horror knowledge, and maybe even win some trivia prizes. We have a good one we're giving away today. This week, we are covering select films released in horror history January 2nd through January 8th. Thank you all so much for joining us. I am JL, and with me tonight are Eugene and Johnny O. What's up, everybody? Hey. All right. So, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) I found that one particular line. It was like, time to ring in the new year with fear. I was like, oh, that's going to work perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll see myself out. (laughs) So, I have... uh, um, I, I, okay, before we dive into our stuff, we, we're, we're kicking off the new year. So we, we record this just before the new year's and but when this goes live, it's going to be, you know, in 2022, when this one actually hits the podcast sites. So the one thing I wanted to, I wanted to look at, like to, to, to kind of like gauge, cause we're, we're, we're kicking off into a brand new year, 2022. We have so many cool things coming up for weekend horror for all of us individually, it's this is going to be a this going to be a seriously badass uh, year for us, um, but I want to know what are you got like oh, for just you know what's coming up this year? Are there any horror movies coming up? Just like we did last year, anything coming up twenty twenty two that you guys are really anticipating? No. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I like the short answer right there. <laughs> Nothing um, at all. No, uh, there's so tried. many. I tried to get excited about something, but there's what, nothing what, coming there. What was it you tried to get excited about? Well, what horror films? Let's say that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you'll get laid again one day. I promise. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this will be this will be Johnny's year. Johnny's no. year. No. <laughs> no, honestly, I I looked at the 2022 upcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's nothing. Nothing? Nothing. There's so many, though. 
like the fucking uh, sequel to that stupid orphan movie? No, I don't think so. No. Orphan wasn't stupid. Orphan was good. It was fucking stupid. You hate everything. I swear. No, I don't hate everything. I just didn't like Orphan. <laughs> I didn't like Orphan because it oh. was so blatantly obvious what they were doing. Why are you okay? You want to be a stick in the mud? You be a stick in the mud. Eugene, is there anything coming up that you're looking forward to? There's a few that I am. I uh, so in terms of horror films, there's not that much. Thank you. I I know Scream is coming out mm-hmm. uh, in like a week or two. And honestly, I think that franchise has been done to death. The timing's just wrong on it. Uh, I did see the preview for Esther. That was I. The biggest thing to me about Orphan was the twist at the very end. And it's like now we know the twist. We know well, who she maybe is. What they're gonna do is they're gonna twist. Like, no, she really isn't forty-eight years old. No, she actually 40. was eight. <laughs> she really was eight. What the fuck? Uh, oh. You had. Uh, you have what Jeepers Creepers uh, Reborn, uh-huh. which I don't know about. And then you have, I think, what Terrifier 2 is coming out. Terrifier maybe, 2. I'm maybe, really looking forward to that one. Maybe that one. Um, Terrifier has great kills, obviously, because we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt like the story itself is kind of like a, eh, like if you tone down the kills in Terrifier, the movie would only be so so. Yeah, it's just a it's a kill fest, which is fine. Yeah, nothing wrong with that because you know those those do have their place. But yeah, the story story wise, I kind of agree with you. And then of course, I'm dreading the new Hellraiser film. Oh, oh, why? Yeah. why? Why? What do you mean why? Who's playing Pinhead? They hired um that uh, actress, an actress. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're going with the uh, the female Pinhead. I know. I know. I just, I don't know, man. The last, uh, how many Hellraiser films are there? 10? 11? Yeah, but uh, but Clive Barker's directly, Clive Barker's directly involved in this one. I know it, but I don't know. I'm just, it's just something about it. We'll see. I, w- I would need to see a trailer. I don't know yeah, if released one for it. I haven't I think- seen a trailer yet either, which is one of the reasons why I'm real trepidatious. About okay, so, and someone, Nerd Journal just brought it up in the live chat. Um, and we'll say hi to everybody here in just a moment, but Two, two that I'm surprised you haven't mentioned. Number, number one, Nerd, Nerd Journal just just brought up Evil Dead Rise, which which Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Rob, they're they're all behind it. Everybody's behind it. It's a it's a continuation off of Fede Alvarez's uh, film Evil Dead, so it's continuing that storyline. Um, everyone's back for it. Ash won't be in it because it's you know it's but he's but Bruce Campbell's producing, so it'll be true to form. Mm-hmm. You know, just like uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, just like the uh, the uh, that, so Evil Dead Rise is a big one that's coming up that I'm looking forward to, and of course the new Ethan Hawke uh, serial killer horror film, The Black Phone. Oh, the Blackberry is killing people. Ooh. It's not. It's it's I not. No, it just sounds stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm and sorry. Then, I'm, I'm, and then, I'm of course, cynical today. I just uh, and know. then, of course, uh, Jordan Peele's new one. Nope. Exactly. You do what? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the title is telling me not to watch it, JL. No, it is not. <laughs> and then, of course, and then, of course, you know, October Halloween ends. Yeah, fuck that franchise. Wow. Um, this news. I, I'm sorry. The second one just ruined. Ruined ruined halloween for me it was so stupid 
so many oh. plot holes in it. Yes, I know what I did there, but it is so bad. It is just terrible. See, like Halloween. So Halloween Kills to me is like the Last Jedi in the new Star Wars, um, the new Star Wars trilogy. Like The Force Awakens is a good movie. Like I really enjoyed that movie. And then you have like the Last Jedi that just like just shit on everything in uh the force awakens so it's kind of like nothing left for the night and so like i really like halloween i love the 2018 halloween it's a really good movie and then it was like and then you get halloween kills and it's just i think you had a missed opportunity with the fight with the firefighters that could have been a much better fight scene that could have been really like a highlight of the entire franchise missed opportunity and then it was just when we talked about already michael myers kills so many people because they're just asking to be <laughs> they're too yeah. to live yeah should we call yeah. nine... there's a bloody handprint should we call 911 no let's go upstairs and check it yourself those two yeah. those two i agree those two were yeah. definitely too stupid to live theo you you suspect you you just got uh, distracted there's no one at the front door then there's something at the back door now there's a bloody handprint nobody's dead nobody's attacked there's obviously someone in the house get the front door is right there you could have walked out and called the cops, and they would have descended on that thing. They would have descended on that estate, on that residence like a plague. So no, they you know those two were those two. Yeah, yeah, the they they deserve the fate that they got. Yeah. So the Quattro that drove the car. The you never as a driver, if you see something, hey, you go take a look at that. While I sit in the driver's seat, ready to drive off in case we need to get out of here in a hurry. No, let me drive her. I'm gonna get out, and then I'm gonna have some teeny tiny woman with this gigantic fucking hand cannon somehow magically spin fucking JFK style, spin this magic gun bullet thing and shoot myself in the face. <laughs> Fuck off! It was stupid. This movie needs to be used as toilet paper. Sorry. Now the the the, the real question here is how many of these are we actually gonna watch? Because I'm still gonna watch Halloween Ends. I'm yeah, gonna watch. Yeah, I'm gonna watch I'm Halloween still, Ends as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch. Gonna I'm gonna watch see them all. I'm yeah, gonna see I'm gonna all. see them all too. Um, you did bring a good know. point. You did bring <laughs> a good point about Evil Dead Rises. That's actually something I forgot that was coming out uh, this right. upcoming year. I actually do want to see it because I've liked everything that's come out of Evil Dead franchise on it. So that is, I will set a high bar and I will look forward to that one. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. So I'm definitely jumping out. I'm definitely. I mean, come on. I've seen the first two movies. I want to see where they're going to conclude. At Halloween ends. Definitely Evil Dead Rise. Big time looking forward to that one. The trailers for The Black Phone look amazing. I, I'm, I've, I've long been an Ethan Hawke fan. I don't care what movies he, he's in. He always delivers a solid performance. Even in a movie like Daywalkers, you know, Ethan Hawke always comes in professional and, and does his absolute best. I've never seen a bad Ethan Hawke performance. Even like like the Great Expectations movie, him and Gwyneth Paltrow. It was like that was, was like, like R2, he... He was solid, so I, I will enjoy it for the fact I like seeing and I like seeing Ethan Hawke play bad guys because he was a solid bad guy in uh, Taking Lives. I really enjoyed him in that, so um, I'm looking forward to that one. Looking forward to the new Hell, absolutely looking forward to the new Hellraiser. Now that Clive Barker is is uh, behind it now because he wasn't behind all the previous shit we've gotten, and we have a new like this brand new iteration of Hellraiser. Of, of like the you know the the hell priest that i'm really really enjoying seeing i think this would be more true to the book to the short story so i'm looking forward to that um and, and hulu who is behind it if you didn't watch the book of blood series the clive barker uh, the book of blood uh film 
that was amazing. And I've read that I've read that material and the adaptation of that. The, you can find that on Hulu. It's available there. We watched it as a part of uh, our 31 Days of, of Halloween. Um, yeah, that, that they did an amazing job adapting that material. So yeah, I, I think that Hulu and Clive Barker have the right partnership, very similar to what King is doing with Netflix and adapting his material and doing quite well with it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you, you, you dirty, dirty dog, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, there's a bunch I'm looking forward to. Of course, Johnny's the giant stick in the mud. He's not looking forward to shit. No, I'm not looking forward to. Look, I'm going to watch most of the movies we talked about. Some of them, if it, if they just happen to be on, I'll look at them. But uh, nothing is really like, oh man, yay, let's go to the movies and watch this. No, I'm sorry, I just no, nothing. Yeah, I would like to do. I would like to do a shout out to uh, Sarcasm Gattaca. I was thinking of Gattaca every time I think of Ethan Hawke. Gattaca is one of my like, all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And one of the best Ethan Hawke performance. It's just it's just a solid movie all the way around. So yeah, uh, definitely Gattaca. And everybody was fantastic that. And I and I especially I especially love the ending of that where the the uh, the like the doctor that's overseeing like everything. He was like he knows he, he's not stupid. And he's like yo, so we're not as dumb as you think we are. But guess what, dude? You're 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 doing it. And so the doctor's like eh. These mistakes happen all the time. Go for it. And I was like, holy shit. It's like, what? yeah, it's like it, generally, generally right-handed people hold it with the right hand. And like that, that that's it right there. And, and I love the, like, and, and Gattaca's, Gattaca's a brilliant movie. Doesn't treat, treat the audience like they're dumb. And yeah. I, you know, I just, why I really, really, and Ethan, oh, Commander Darklight says Ethan Hawke, Lord of War. Hell yes. That's a good Yeah, movie. but he was also in uh, The Purge. He was in the first one, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was in the first purge. I like I like the purge though. I I, 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 the first purge. I, I don't think his I don't think he was into it though. I don't think it's that's you talk about you haven't seen a bad Ethan Hawk performance. Well, that one for me wasn't great. Uh it just he didn't seem really invested in that movie. Oh that didn't come across to me. I, I didn't pick that up. I like what they did with the franchise afterwards because after seeing the purge, I wanted to see more about what was going on in the world. I like the direct instead of following like this one family time and time again. I like how they kind of branched off to other people. You follow that one guy. Yeah, instead of follow the one, instead of follow the one guy who's out in the world instead yeah. of like the rich family that's in the house. <laughs> so a lot of good movies coming out in 2022, or a lot of potentially good movies coming out in 2022. I'm seriously looking forward to it. Not to mention, of course, you know, the stuff that could potentially happen. Um, we don't know what's going to go. There's, there's one out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do what? Hocus Pocus 2. Mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> and it should be an interesting one. And considering they're getting everybody back for it. So I think that could be interesting. Um, another good, I mean, other ones that we haven't heard much about the Christine remake, the Firestarter remake. Um, those are coming down the pipe. We don't know. I, I'm like I said, I've said before, I'm 50 50, 60 40 on those. So, but this Blumhouse. So I got no, I mean, that's a good thing. I think that's a that's a that's uh, a mark in the good column for those. Um, and of course, uh, what Gil, uh, you know, further news on Guillermo del Toro's adaptation of At the Mountains of Madness, which I will li- I will literally camp in front of a theater if that if that gets made and released. I will be there like a week in advance. I'll probably have to take a week off from the show because I'm not missing that. I am first in line to see that movie. I but see, like one of the things that worries me is like everything we've been talking about is like remake 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 mm-hmm. remake adaptation 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 and everything and it's like i want some new content 
I, I feel like we're getting to the point where they're going to try to remake every single horror movie ever made. So I'm waiting for the Manos Hands of Fate remake. <laughs> we should get on that one. <laughs> we, we really should. should. <laughs> and it still blows my mind there was a sequel. It blows my mind there was a sequel. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, wait, did someone thought this was good enough to continue the storyline? Like, what storyline? There was no storyline. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like what, all what, is it like, like Monos 2, The Adventures of Torgos? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> who, who looked at Torgo is like, he needs his own movie. He needs, he needs, <laughs> this fucker needs a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. All right, so before we dive in tonight, oh, oh, someone did bring it up. I saw that. And we'll, we'll say hi to people real, real quick, and then we'll jump into it real quick. See, Rodan LS name, good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Travis Brown. Good to see you. As a matter of fact, we have a bunch of our amazing patrons in the house. There are their names down there at the bottom. You can see them on the banner. Look at all those amazing people. And I see Travis Brown's in the house. Good to see you. And uh, Tina Jones, good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Just guess who's back again this week. I'll be back at work next week, though. Aw, but we're Aww. so happy that you're here. We do appreciate it. Ivy Gentry's in the house. Good to hear. Good to see you. And I haven't seen, oh, I haven't seen Ivy in a bit, so it's good to see you. Ivy back in the house. And Sir Little Wolf, Aru to you. Sir Little Wolf, thank you for being here. Chris Durham Music Channel's in the house. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Oh, there you go. There's uh, there's the hello to uh, Sir Little Wolf. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh. looking at Jinju and Rodent, no last name, Manos 2, exit the Masturbatorium. <laughs> Big Torgo's <man>. your origin <laughs> film. Oh, <gross. laughs> Oh, Mr. Malort, all the way from Chicago. Good to see you, Mr. Malort. Sir Chasm, good to see you. Thank you, Samir. Commander Darklight. Charlie Welch is in the house. Good to see you, Charlie Welch. So many of our amazing patrons are in the house. Don't forget, you too can be a patron for as little as a dollar a month. One dollar a month, and you can be our fanatic, a horror fanatic, and support our show. Of course, check that out. Patreon.com slash Week Horror. We have all kinds of cool tiers that you can check out. All right. And I think I saw Jinju. Good to see Jinju and Logical Hillbillies in the house. Good to see you, Logical Hillbilly. UKPI is in the house. Good to see you, Sarah Velez. Pleasure to have you here. Aaron Reese, um, and one of our um, the plot horror films. <laughs> there you go, plot hole. That's uh, the, you know, Johnny, that's what you should be doing. The plot, the, the plot hole horror films. <laughs> UKPI, good to see you. And uh, Nerd Journal. And Tony Regime, Skuma Cat's in the house. Good to see you, Skuma Cat. Gabba Gabba, do you wrote it? No last name. And I think I got everybody. Did I get everybody? I, I, you see that I'm trying to make it quick because as the audience is getting larger, it's hard to say hi to every Surf is in the house. Good to see you, Surf. Another one of our amazing patrons. And a lot of Ethan Hawk love, I see. Very cool. And I think I am at the bottom. And Robert Caslow's in the house. What's up, my heretic Globetard? Good to see you, sir. Look, all these amazing, amazing people. All right. So someone did bring up, and uh, I think it was, I missed it, but I just gl I glimpsed it. Oh, yes. Wrote, wrote it in a last name, brought up. I heard there's a good horror movie coming soon. Nail Gun. Mm. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so there are details on this adaptation that we can't get into just yet. So there's stuff that we know. So, I mean, this is all part of the production process. And the production process is, you know, not very often does it just go boom, 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 and everything happens. I myself am chopping at the bit, but there are 
things that there, there are steps that have to be taken before we can actually get into, into full production on this bad boy. But part of what what part of that was part of what we're doing here is ignoring the giant uh, bowl of hypocrisy that we're serving up just not but five minutes ago, bitching about all the remakes and redos and reboots. <laughs> While working on a remake. <laughs> listen, listen. I never said any. I never said any of this. <laughs> when you're trying to get your foot in your door, then that's fine. When you're already established and you have 20 feature films under your belt and you're trying to remake something else. Right. There you go. If you if you're Blumhouse and you've got the hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, accessible, go do new IP. Don't spend hundreds of millions of dollars remaking films that are already out there that people don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with the original Christine or the original Firestarter. Leave them alone. Yeah. Leave them. They don't need it. Go, go remake something else. Go go do what Eugene does. Go what Eugene says. Go remake a bad movie. Make a bad movie yes. good. Go don't, remake Monos. Go remake Monos. <laughs> Blumhouse, Monos, Hands of Fate. I would see that. I, I would. I would see if it was really bad or really good. I would so, have a blast. So uh, for those who don't know, for those who are in, uh, um, who are not familiar, we have, uh, we are currently working on putting together a, a remake. It is a remake of the Nailgun Massacre called Nailgun. The trailer for that is available on our, on our YouTube channel. So I know a lot of you have probably checked that out. We linked the trailer. There is an Easter egg. That's very easy to find on apparently what apparently was I'm saying it's easy, but apparently people are like, I can't find it. What's going on? People is looking in this trailer like fucking they got their Easter baskets ready. They're chomping on their little fucking chocolate bunny rabbits and whatnot. <laughs> looking for their fucking Easter egg. Meanwhile, it's in giant letters in the thing where to find the Easter egg. Big yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's literally in the trailer. If you watch the whole thing to we the very end, you it out for you. we actually do. <laughs> so I just didn't want to like throw it out there like, you know, just like, hey, here it is. But yeah, we do have, there is a little Easter egg there that will lead you to something very, very cool. And we we hope that everybody has seen it. But the trailer is out for that. That now, that sh- uh, this project came about because of this of having uh Lloyd Cryer on the show if, if people are familiar when we when we had him on the show you know back last year it was an absolute or was it last year or in 2019 it was last year right last year early uh, last year early last year yeah 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 it well, it's it was uh February or March of 2021 yeah that's right yeah. so Lloyd came on the show and last year when this airs on. yeah when it drops yeah right so it was it was 2020, and uh, Lloyd came on the show. Lloyd is a is a fantastic uh, supporter of the show. We are huge supporters of Texas Fright Bear Weekend. The one thing led to another, and we wound up putting this thing together. So it you know it took the Rack Focus Film Festival. It's going to be going to other film festivals later on uh, in 2022. So we're really looking forward to how it performs out there. But other than that, uh, it's it's really open doors for us, and so this is one of those big things. And more details will come at, we'll, we'll get them to you as they come along. Of course, all of our patrons who help us to make, who have gotten to this point, we couldn't have, you know, we're making movies and shit. We couldn't have done this without your support. And of course, all of them are along for the ride. And we have so many cool things that, you know, that we're going to be announcing in 2022. We just can't do it yet. But obviously, stay tuned. You will hear all about it. 
Uh, really, really cool stuff that we have coming down the line. But we do hope you enjoyed the trailer. And, of course, if you find the Easter egg, we hope you enjoy what the Easter egg leads you to. So there you have it. Aaron Reese says, I crave more reverb on the nail gun, though. Maybe a little jet of air. <laughs> <laughs> Next time it'll be like a... <laughs> so it, it was it, fucking Michael Bay with that shit, you know, make fucking theater. like that's the only sound you hear whenever you hit a boom. Come on, dude, you, you yo yo, you got to swoop, you got to swoop low with the telephoto. Yeah, <laughs> as, a, as the visual ante like slowly stands up. Yeah, remember you remember you have to you have to have enough you have to have enough slow motion scenes to get you to a full feature length time <laughs> feature length. Time. Yeah, that's fucked up. You take any Michael Bay film and you speed up all the slow mos and you got a forty five minute film. You have like a fucking like short movie. <laughs> Michael Bay only wants a film for like a week, so yeah. like that's he's like, I got seven days. Let's make something. Someone yeah. said someone said that if you take uh, um, if you take three hundred Rise of an Empire because it was pretty bad in three hundred. Zack Snyder did all those like slow motion things, but you know it was something cool. It was three hundred. No one's going to complain. But three hundred Rise of an Empire was was so bad that it, they used the slow mo so often. Someone said that if you actually sped up all the slow motion scenes to to normal speed of the rest of the movie to the speed of the rest of the movie, you wind up with a movie that's like a little less than that's like it's a little less than an hour. That's fucked up. That's how many times they had to use it to get that thing to like you know feature length. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? Oh, Surf would like the Surf would like to remind us to make this movie, and you give it fifty five minutes. <laughs> surf would like to tell us Michael Bay, so the nails are ex- will explode. <laughs> They're grenade nails. Grenade. Unnecessary explosions all over this motherfucker. Grenades. <laughs> you see, that's what you'll see. So, Ronan Elsey just brought out Friday the Thirteenth, and then two thousand nine. Friday the 13th and I knew it was produced by Michael Bay and he says work in the Friday the 13th ch- 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 into the nail gun sound that'd be funny but I was like this is Actually, Michael Bay not a ch- sound it's a k- sound it's k- it's k- 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 yeah I'm watching I, I was watching I remember watching the 2009 Friday the 13th in the theater so I was, I was like this is produced by Michael Bay that is constantly nagging in the back of my head this is produced by Michael Bay. This is produced by Michael Bay. There's going to be an explosion. Oh, I know that there's going to be an explosion somewhere. And we're going through the movie. Jared Padalecki's like running around. Daniel Panabaker. Everybody's doing their thing. You know, Derek Mears. Is it with an explosion? Or am I thinking of a different movie? Yeah, it's a different movie. Okay. So it's going along. It's like, okay, well, wow. Okay, so this is not, it's, it's not bad. I don't like the idea of Jason being sympathetic. It's kind of, you know, whack. But I do like what they're doing here. Jared Padalecki is an effective actor. He's, he does good in horror. Supernatural, obviously. And it comes down to the fight. It comes down to like the, the big escape. They find the girl. They're running out like this. And of course, when they're running through the little underground little mine areas, a freaking lantern falls and boom, there's a fireball. They actually fit a, an explosion into a Friday the 13th movie that had Michael Bay all over it. Mm. All over it. That was probably the only day he was actually there on set, too. You know he's like Michael B is a fucking ADD Riddlin needing motherfucker. You know that, right? Yeah. Explosion! Woo! No, Michael Bay. He is somebody. He likes to arrive five minutes before the first shot and leaves five minutes after the last shot's done for the day. (laughs) And he's like, "Fuck everybody else." (laughs) And the crew's like there for three hours setting up all this complicated stuff. And oh man, we rehearsed these stunts and everything. And then he stumbles, Michael Bay stumbles out of his Ferrari hungover last night. And he goes up to the monitor. He's like, 
All right, fucking roll that shit. Yeah. All right, explosion. Crimes black in his Ferrari. He closes the door and speeds off. <laughs> but you still don't bite the hand that feeds you, as Megan Fox learned the hard way. Because if you bite the hand that feeds you, you wind up in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So <laughs> just you never he, want he's to. The, he's the only director that punishes you by casting you. <laughs> you will be in my film. I you want to, Michael. <laughs> you want to fuck with me? You get to be the new April O'Neil. No! <laughs> it's a fate worse than death. I just blacklist me. Yeah, at least maybe I'll have some clout. But no, just destroy <laughs> my career. I'll go back to waiting tables. I mean, no. look at what happened. Look at what happened to her, right? So she's You're gonna be a star. <laughs> so she shits on Michael Bay, which she should have for what he did to her, right? But then he she crawls back to him and he puts her in that film, and now she's banging Machine Gun Kelly. She didn't crawl back to him. That was her punishment. Well, whatever. <laughs> they kissed and made up. I knew that was a punishment from the trailer. It's like, you are worthless. You have nothing to contribute oh, wow. to this movie. <laughs> oh, anywho. So, uh, no, yeah. No last name says explosions are the Tourette's. <laughs> Tourette's <laughs> from Michael Bay. <laughs> 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 that was brilliant that was brilliant hey and, and if anybody ever gets the opportunity you it, i know everybody in this chat watches uh or they they, they watch epic rap battles of history yes one of, my, one of my absolute favorite i'm gonna plug him here is you need to go watch alfred hitchcock versus steven spielberg because that one is about the you know the you know the best movie director and alfred hitchcock versus steven spielberg and then in drops Quentin Tarantino, Stanley Kubrick, and Michael Bay. If you have not seen this, you have to go watch it like uh, immediately after the show. <laughs> I am I'm not I'm not a huge fan of ap epic rap battles. Like they're okay. Some of them are pretty good, but that one with the directors had me on the floor laughing. <laughs> that was just <laughs> the Stanley Kubrick one was brilliant. Just his intro alone is just like <laughs> oh, good stuff, good stuff. I, I, I would like to shout out to Jinju for uh, little C4 squirrels. <laughs> Carl's back with little C4 squirrels. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Au revoir, Gopher. <laughs> and then we need so little C4 animals in there. <laughs> Oh, brilliant stuff. brilliant stuff. Robert Caslow thinks someone is a heathen, is a heretic, and is very upset about it. I'm kind of curious as to what it is. All of us. All of us, most All likely, of, uh, probably something. Yeah, probably, we, probably something. We, we have to talk about these shit movies or not? They're not shit. Actually, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. There was one. One is definitely a shit movie, but I sat through it because I'm a masochist and I will watch that. Three shit. are shit movies. Uh, I would actually, I wouldn't say that. Well, okay, well, two okay. are shit movies. One's a wet fart, and the other one's okay. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, okay. There, well, okay. okay. There's Let's, one decent. There's a, and then there's a really like. Oh, there's one that there's one that's just like I, I could have farted into a camera and made a better movie than this one. <laughs> it's just like what? This, but there's some interesting stuff behind the scenes on that one about the about the distribution the production and distribution company behind that terror uh, terror something um shit what is it um exactly shit what is it. Oh god damn! I I have it I have it on my computer. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it, but that that's what the company specializes. In. But we'll dive into that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, Eugene's we'll gonna with... kick us off. Eugene, what do we have up first? Let's let's dive into these bad boys. This was this was kind of a rough one. 
I saw it a long time ago, and I had to go back and, and rewatch it. And yeah, it's still, it's still pretty rough. Brutal. Oh, yeah. come on! It's not that bad. We have watched so much worse. Oh yeah, yeah. We watched worse for but this that episode. Be the bar, JL. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is not the worst movie we've seen. <laughs> come on, come on, guys. We know the bar is low here. <laughs> A movie that shouldn't exist, but it Just does. Just at least functionally know how to shoot a movie. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> uh, we, we start the argument with... The people who worked on this were a union. We can say that about them. <laughs> I think they were going on strike the next day. <laughs> the people who worked on Sharknado were union, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> but... Our first <laughs> film, Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Yes. Released January 2nd, 2004. It was directed by S.S. Wilson. And it stars Michael Gross, Sarah Botsford, Brent, Brent Rome, Mingle and Lydia Look. And in a straight nutshell, it takes place in the past. And it's how the town of rejection starts dealing with the original Graboids. And becomes the town of perfection. And shit gets real. Does it though? See, I feel like it's wasted. I, I feel like it's, I just feel like it's like they're, they're in like the barn or something like that. And it's like this little tiny, and it's like I don't even feel like they're in danger most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on this. This movie was uh back to the basics. I don't know if I would call this back to the basics so much as I would say this movie was just a big giant pile of shit. Okay, so yeah, okay. So I do like I do like the the uh, uh, the character. What's his name? Michael uh, Michael Gross. Michael Gross. I like how they they change him up from being the standard you know gun loving nut to this you know scientific you know uh, real calculated. Oh, I don't need guns. I've got this and blah blah blah. You know, I thought I, I like that. I like that when they that experimentation with the character. But overall, the movie itself yeah i'm like i'm with you eugene i just didn't feel like they were in any real danger and it it really doesn't make sense to put this out there like this this event would happen but nobody would remember it. there'd be no stories about it in perfection after it became perfection like that's something a small tiny ass town like that would fucking lean the fuck on yeah i mean and that's the thing when you start thinking about prequels because when you do a prequel you already know certain characters are going to live because, oh, <laughs> Michael Gross is Bert's like great grandfather or whatever. So, mm-hmm. it's like, so obviously he has to live. And so right off the bat, you're like, okay, well, certain characters are going to live. They obviously have some characters you don't heard of. They may live. Most likely they're going to die. They're kind of the red shirts of it. But it, it takes prequels take away from like the scariness because no matter what danger you put them in, you know, they're going to come out. Okay. Right. All right, it's about the obviously, you know, storyline wise, we can definitely jump ahead. We can say, well, we know that this person is. So we we kind of have something set in stone for us. We know who's going to survive because they got to carry on to tell. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a first movie to begin with in characters that we're building off of there. It's just fun to go through the experience of shooting giant monsters with, you know, a classic, you know, Wild West weaponry, which was fun to see. Sure. And and I like the back to basic style of this one, because one of the problems that I that that 
it, I have signed, was I've kind of accepted at this point, and I just accept the Tremors franchise for as it is now. It's just like wacky fun, just like you just it's just people with big guns blowing up, you know, carnivorous worms and shit, and it's and it's just funny. They just keep changing the uh the locations and doing new fun things with them. Like now they're into like genetic experimentation and people trying to turn the graboids into biological weapons and stuff. And so, but in this particular one, because two and three established, they expanded the kind of, I guess, the mythology of these things so wildly by adding in the, the shriekers and adding in the ass blasters and it just trying to make them, you know, weirder and weirder. And this one, while it did add something new, it added a little like the 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 dirt dragons which are the little ones that pop out the kind of larval form of the great big ones. And I, that was a simple thing. I dig egg, small one, then they get big. It, it was simplistic. It didn't overcomplicate things and it doesn't strain credulity in that respect. So I kind of dug that it was, there was nothing overtly grandiose. Like now all of a sudden they pop out. Now they have thermal vision and then they, you know, then they chain, they eat a whole bunch of food. Now they can fly and they fly by Farting. igniting their farts. Yeah, this is get that's a little like huh? that's getting a little weird. Whereas in this one, it was just back. It was simple, simple back to basics. A good, you know, I love and I love the production value. Solid, you know, Western style. It was a, it was a good Western. Someone actually made uh, made the comparison. It was Red Dead Tremors. I mean, it was a Western. I don't know if it was a good Western. But... <laughs> and and so Little Wolf brings up the Tremors TV series was fun and it is fun. It's just meant to be mindless monster killing fun. Yeah, yeah, there's like nothing in, wrong with there's nothing wrong with enjoying Tremors the series the whole thing right not just the TV series but all the films nothing wrong with it right but these are not films that are going to be we're not going to talk about the great Tremors franchise like we talk about you know the Halloween franchise or the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise or the Hitchcock series or you know what I mean I disagree with that because I think Michael Gross has given us one of the greatest horror heroes in Burt Gummer the ultimate american hero yeah but uh, that people identify with nobody really remembers a halloween or they they don't remember a uh, horror film franchise for the hero it's always about the the villain the graboids are pretty so i mean it's like uh, the minute the minute in the first movie chang comes up graboids you know graboids you knew it was going to be that that was the beginning well, it's like with with the first one, I love the first Tremors, and yeah. there that right mm-hmm. right off the bat, fuck is, you. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's the that's the mindless monster entertainment. That movie's fun. It knew yep. exactly what it was. We're just gonna have these great characters, and we're gonna put them in some funny situations with these mm-hmm. these monsters. And the monsters were fantastic. The effect, everything about the first Tremors was awesome. Yes, on it, and if it kept that up, then if it kept up that quality, if it kept up that the amount of fun, or at least stayed around that amount of fun, and you have little moments. I love with like the second one where they fire the fifty cal and it goes through like everything. Yeah, you know, that, that, that was a funny moment on it. The but, the lack of anticipation, how powerful this weapon is, <laughs> and it just killed everything in its range. Um, oh, including shit. their truck, <laughs> including the truck, it went straight through the engine block, and it's just kind of like when the when the when they line up the shot to look, and it's just a hole clean through everything. It just, 
brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had there's some there's some funny moments like that, but overall, I think I think Johnny is right. Where in terms of the franchise, we we always remember the franchise by the villain. You remember the Michael Myers and Jason, right, and Pinhead and everybody else more so than you would the hero. Laurie, we know Laurie Strode, but you think Michael Myers first mm-hmm. by a long shot. Because Michael Myers is in all the movies, well, with the exception of the third. Well, movie. except for one. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I mean, that's why I think that's why I think that, that this one doesn't come down to this is one of those kind of like rare uh franchises. It doesn't come down to the villain. You are correct about the villain being, you know, the reason we go and watch these things. Jason, Freddie, you know, Michael, so you know, uh Pinhead, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's in this particular one, I think it was after the first one, and I I totally agree with Sarah Velez in the live chat is the first tremors was terrifying but had funny moments to cool you down for the next scare because you know some of those sequences were really kind of scary the idea of being like dragged down into the earth like that and you know like the whole car the car sequence when the car gets pulled the entire vehicle gets pulled down that's terrifying to me like that that was scary being trapped in your vehicle and being pulled underground oh that's freaky and so but it beyond the first film and they try to continue it with, uh, I think it was um, Burt Ward. Who's it, Burt Ward? Uh, Fred Ward. Fred Ward. Fred Ward, my bad. So we try to continue with Fred Ward, and it was okay. It wasn't bad, um, but there was no uh, – I don't think Burt was uh, – no, no, Burt was in the second – was he in the second one? Bert? No, he was not. He was not until he came back for the third one. Burt? Burt Gummer, Michael Gross's character. <laughs> he's, been all, he, he, no, he's been all of them except for one. Uh, well, it wasn't the same. He was in the second one. Yeah, he I was the remember. second one because he was the one that fired the fifty. Yeah, he's the one that fired fifty count. Is he the one that fired fifty count? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, the, uh, the okay, so the sequence. I'm. Uh, it's him. It's Michael Gross's work, his role as Bert, that has solid that solidified that franchise. You go to watch him in action to have right. moments when he's like, mm-hmm. "I feel I was denied critical need to know information. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, am completely." Out of ammunition. I mean, he that's is, never happened to me before. <laughs> he is the best character in the franchise, and despite having Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon in the first one, he's the best character, and he has one of the best creature kills I have ever seen in a horror film, where it comes through the wall, and it's just him and Reba McIntyre just unloading, <laughs> yeah. just straight up standing their ground. On the elephant gun. <laughs> broken to the broken to the wrong broken to the wrong goddamn recruit. <laughs> and he got to reprise that line later on in the franchise. Bert, uh, Michael Gross. I mean, it's wild to think that he was the dad in Family Ties. It's yeah, right. It's yeah. wild, and then he turns around and is like this. Hardcore survivalist off the grid, you know, anti-government American, just like whatever. And and him and Reba McIntyre, Reba McIntyre was fantastic. I I wish I wish she had gone on to. Uh, she could have been a horror staple. She'd have been great. But in this one, um, I I, I only watch for Michael Gross's performances. Bert Bert is awesome. It's it's such a character, but relatable. It's not a it's not like a caricature. It's a, like you know, like there are people out there who you know you rely on and rely on them in these situations, and that's why I like uh, like Michael Gross's performance so much. So we watch it for him instead of because we know he's going to kill all the worms. He know we know he's going to kill all the, all the graboids. They, they stand no chance when Bert Gummer comes into town. 
So that's why I, I always watch it. That's the enduring legacy of what Michael Gross has created, what he has created. Yeah. Such, but... And such a small role in the first movie, you know, because Bert wasn't the focus in the, in the first one, in the uh, very first film. And then he turned that into a seven movie legacy and a TV series legacy that we have. We can always go back and watch, you know, the ultimate American survivalist, you know, kick the shit out of monsters. And that's fantastic. Well, sure. But as far as, you know, we're talking about the, the, the legacy or the longevity of this at best, it's going to be known as the best of the B films. I'd say it's up there. It ranks up there. Definitely. As far as like just B monster franchises, I say tremors ranks up there. What, yeah, what I'm, I'm talking about like character wise rewatchability and whatnot. But when we're talking about, you know, all oh, the, you know, the creme de la creme of, of the horror genre, I mean, it's not going to be up there. We're not, we're not even broaching the top 20 with Tremors. Not again, not because Tremors is terrible, but just because the way, the type of story that it is, you know what I mean? Because it's a story about the everyday, it's about Bert now. Right. Uh, how are we going to see Bert in the next Tremors film? I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It well, was it, it was won't. interesting though when Kevin Bacon did an interview after Tremors after the oh, last. I read, day, I read that. Yeah, yeah, he was like, "This is the worst movie I have ever done." And this was before he saw it. It was just after production wrapped. He's like, "This is the worst movie I've ever done, and I regret it." And then he actually saw it, and he was very pleasantly surprised. And and for the 25th anniversary, they were talking about bring bringing Val back. And they just they just couldn't settle on what they wanted to do because uh, Kevin Bacon said in an interview, like later on around the 25th anniversary of the first movie, he was uh, saying like legitimately, it's the oh, it's the one character that he would actually like to come back to. He'd like to revisit Val in that franchise, just because it was so. That, well, he didn't have uh, while he was making the movie, he didn't have a lot of you know like this movie is like ridiculous. He did enjoy playing the everyman, playing just you know. Val, because it was an easy role. It's just basically, you know, I'm just the every guy. I just deal, kind of deal with shit as it comes along. And his uh, his rapport with Fred Ward was fantastic. Those two oh, worked yeah. brilliantly yep. across from one another. So I would like to see him come back and play the role. And he himself has expressed interest, even maybe in the 30th anniversary. They could do another Tremors film and come back, especially after the events of the most recent one. Because, you know, this was the prequel film. Tremors 4 was the prequel film. And the recent one, of course, sees the end of the Burt Gummer arc. But I dug, like, going back to Trevor's 4, I enjoyed this one immensely more than I did 3. I thought it was an improvement over 3. And they, again, dipped kind of, like, back down. You know, the adding, trying to add in, find people to be comic relief across from Jamie Kennedy worked for a little bit. Now it's uh, John Heater um, in the most recent one. And, uh, you know, you can kind of have that. Um, I just, I just, I dug this one simply because it's simple. This is, it's, it's went back to the, like the first film. It's simple monster killing fun. And I like, and I like the Western style. Yeah. I've always dug the Western atmosphere. And of course, seeing Bert get his hands on a hand crank, uh, chain gun at the end. Just the, <laughs> and that was, and that was legit. All of the weapons behind that were all everything everything used there. I found out reading about the film, everything was legit. And there was only one difference was one of the guns, one of the handguns they used, or was it one of the rifles? One of the rifles, it was one of the rifles they used was not actually made in that time period. It was actually came out like a few years or uh, later after the movie was set in the late 1800s. 
it came out. They were like, but they the actors yeah. love the gun so much. They're like, oh, this this gun's amazing. Well. We're using yeah. we're, we're using it. But otherwise, everything else was standard. Well, and even the chain gun was legit. That was a legit working antique. Well, like, and this is this is a problem I have with Trimmers Four is that Trimmers Trimmers Four still felt cheap. It yeah. felt low budget, despite despite the guns, despite the set in westerns with the outfits, everything. It just felt low budget. Whereas the first Tremors film, the first Tremors film was a low budget film, but it doesn't feel like a low budget film. It just feels like they got, they got everything that they needed, and that it was cheap. awesome. Yeah, this one feels yeah, like I mean, a sci-fi, kind of like a sci-fi film. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, cheap CGI monsters are much cheaper than. The legit practical monsters that they made, the legit practical graboids they made in the first movie. That's what I mean. Kevin Bacon's performance, Bert, you know, Michael Gross's Burt Gummer, the the camaraderie between uh, uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, and of course, practical monsters. Those monsters, I mean, the the tentacle shit were actually physically there. The giant thing that came, you know, that comes up. Of course, you know the way they have it set up, but when it's laying there on the ground. The only time that it was not the only time that the actors were not actually interacting with it was in the rec room scene because that was them in front of a green screen where it was matted in front of them and they could just react to it. But otherwise, that puppetry was on point. And I, oh, yeah. I mean, that was practical. It was the effects were there. And I really enjoyed that. I like that they went to that uh, to that level. I mean, absolutely. Which I like to point out how we talked more about the first one than the fourth one. Yeah. Which just kind of happens from time to yeah. time. Yeah. But. <laughs> I actually, I want to ask the audience. We've talked a lot about just the franchise as a whole. Where does it rank? The movies that are in it and the characters continuing through. Should this franchise continue? Would you be excited about maybe another TV show or another movie coming out? Um, if they use practical effects and they are able to get Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon and... Oh, wow. If they're able to get all of them, I know it's a tall order, Reba McIntyre. If you're able to get like the majority of the cast of the first one with practical effects, I would be actually excited about that film. Definitely, I yeah. as well. I just don't know where they're going to go with it after the ending of the last one. I mean, yeah, I, just, I I know it'd be I, it's a spoiler if I if I say it about the latest Tremors, Tremors Seven. I think uh, Tremors Seven Shrieker Island. But anybody who has seen that. Um, Know that the the Burt Ward arc, oh, I'm sorry, the the Burt Gummer arc has come to an end, so they can't continue on with that character anymore. So the question is, where could the franchise potentially go with no Burt? I, I don't. You, they can always try to retcon, reboot, restart, insert mm-hmm. in the middle of a timeline or something. We've seen so many, uh, like another franchise we're going to talk about later on today. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't think it should. I think after this last one, I think this should be the last Tremors film. I think seven movies in a TV series is fine. It, it did what it did. You've completed the arc of the one guy who linked the entire franchise together. Michael Gross is coming up on 75 years old. I'm pretty sure he can't do it. He's not doing another one, but like I said, that's pretty much it. So I think Leave it alone, you know. And you know, Travis Brown says, "No way, four movies are enough." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even need three more, but you got them. Yeah. Aaron Reed says, "I'm sticking to stop the reboots line, even if they continue the timeline. It's just too close to a reboot." And I hope they don't reboot Tremors. That would just be awful. But yeah, that would be. That would. But all right, so Johnny, what do we got next? 
We've got probably the only redeemable film on this list. I was surprisingly so, right? I know. Yeah. I was very surprised <laughs> with this next film. Uh, this next film is the January 3rd, 2020's Inmate Zero. Uh, director Russell Owen, right, written by Matthew J. Gunn and Russell Owen, starring Meg Alexander, Gabs Barker, Kate Bell, and a handful of other people. Uh, basically, what happens is you have this you have this, uh, there's a, um, what is it, a prison where all of the violent offenders are sent to, to perform or to participate either willingly or unwillingly in medical trials. Uh, of course, everyone is trying to cure cancer and we all know what happens when you fucking cure cancer. Everybody becomes raving, ravaging zombies. Mm-hmm. And this is where the shit gets real line would come in, but I can't say it because it's Eugene's line, not mine. <laughs> so uh, I was shocked I, that this one was actually, it's not without, uh, there's not, you know, it's not without criticism. There are some things that I thought were like, it dragged on a bit too much. I think they could have, right. they could have tightened it up and made it a, a little bit shorter of a film. And it would have been, it would have kept my attention a little better. Um, but I was surprised with this one here with with the because this is not something again this storyline we're talking about the curing of cancer oh zombies okay cool so we're fucking with mother nature again or we're fucking with medical medicine again zombies blah 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 okay that's kind of like an old trope but I do like the I do like what they did here I, I thought it was that was pretty good I thought the the concept or the idea of the zombies were a little different uh, a little nuanced differently which I thought was pretty cool yeah. And I, and I, I there, there's a lot of things I dug. So I, I wrote the script after I had read about the movie and read about stuff like that, but I hadn't watched it yet, but I read a lot about it. So I was like, okay, you know, like this. So, and I wrote the script and then I watched the film and I was kind of like, oh, damn. Um, so it, you know, looking at what I wrote, I was a little bit more negative because I was anticipating something negative and, but I'm proud to, I'm, I'm happy to say that I was pleasantly surprised. I dug, and one of the things we mentioned, Johnny, when you mentioned about this the zombie aspect, that it was kind of new. There was kind of like a new, like a nuance to it that we hadn't seen before. I like that they didn't fully explain everything. Right. I yeah. dug that that there were aspects to these things that did not get an explanation because the idea of the movie is to survive, to escape the prison alive and uninfected without having to or alive and uninfected and we're not trying to explain everything so the so that puts us yeah what does it matter what does it matter if we know what happens right yeah. you know we still have to survive and i like right. that because it helped to ground the uh the goals of the protagonist the goals of the survivors in this i really dug that and what really got me is it's not so much you know it basically it's zombie outbreak in a, in a closed space is, is essentially what the story is Right. You have an enclosed space. It happens to be a prison. There's a zombie outbreak. The survivors have to get out. The, that's been done a dozen times, but it was the it was the the everything that went into it. The atmosphere, the uh, what the the environment they created, the world that they created in this, like in this little prison, this little microcosm of just that's you don't even need zombies to make this place horrible. And these people dealing with this, and then um, a protagonist that may or may not be, you know, on the up and up, just because the protagonist is there on death row, right? You know, so and they don't give you all the information. They don't first. let you know if you, right did you do it. Did she not do it? You know, they leave that ambiguous. But at the end of the day, what does it matter? I, I kind of one thing that I, I dug about her character was 
the fact that you know she had heard about this place before they asked her if she wanted to participate she's like no i'd rather you just send me to death fucking put me on the chair i'll take the chair over this any day of the week and one thing i really liked about this film is as you talk about the atmosphere it this is this is a textbook film where looking at it you can tell it's a lower budget film but it doesn't feel like a low budget film right right on it and because usually you they stretch every dollar yeah, they, they stretch everything and they get the most out of it. So it comes across as this is just exactly what the filmmakers wanted to do. And like I was watching this, I was like, this is actually something that's pretty doable on a very modest budget. And just the situation, the use of cinematography and what they had, they're able to achieve something that the story locks you in. And they maximize their, they maximize the environment really, really well. A prison is, um, you know, just given the atmosphere of, you know, just what a prison's intention for is a naturally creepy place, you know, cages all around you. Right. And, you know, the, the, this, the, how sparse and how almost sterile everything is, but it's not like a hospital. It's dirty. It's gross. It's grimy. It's humans locked. You know, the prisons have an atmosphere about them. Cut the power, turn the lights off, make it all flashlights. It's even worse. And they maximize the effectiveness of utilizing where they were shooting so you because you get a look because because of the sparse natural light that's coming in and all of the light that's coming in is artificial is predominantly artificial mm-hmm. you get a really kind of almost sickly feel to yeah, what's going on added the, the fact that this is a, this is an a, a, an infectious zombie outbreak and it played so well and i really dug what they built with this and not pretty pretty solid writing decent zombie designs and decent acting i have to give, give it to him i was really surprised by this sir chasm brings up a really good point talking about the the lead actress um she was he said sir chasm really loved the lead actress in this one i was convinced that she uh, was ex-military and would stand up for the good people involved too bad she's the only good person yeah she really uh her performance was spot on she you could tell that she put a lot of time and attention into this character why, uh, uh, one thing that, that sold me immediately when I found out because it was when they, it was dropped the line because they're talking to her like, you know, she's got military experience. She's, you know, uh, she was uh, uh, working in private security, you know, for the senator and doing you know, all this stuff was like interesting. And but we're not seeing a lot from her. It's that compartmentalization technique right. that that people that long term, uh, the people long term in the military generally are trained to develop that compartmentalization technique and pragmatism. She is a deeply pragmatic person. It's this or it's this. Right. And yeah. there is, there's no, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing in between. It's like you have option A, option B, any, those are the only two things, make a decision. Right. right. And if those matter. are the, those are the options available to me. I'm not going to worry about the stuff that's not available to me. I'm not going to worry about the, what could potentially be or possibly be, this is what's in front of me. This is the choice that I'm making. And yeah. the other stuff is inconsequential. Because that is that level of psychological training that people that do the job that she was doing, that her character was doing, is necessary for. I love that she nailed that. And the, the, so when that when the when the crazy the first crazy chick when she's stuck in her cell says says you're you were special uh, you're oh she sees her tattoos and she's like oh you're special forces huh and I I wasn't like huh I was I was like oh now I get it. Right. It's like yeah, now it I'm, makes sense I, now. It makes sense. It's like, well, that kind of level training, because you would say I yeah. So the beauty part about what happened is there's they showed us that she was special forces before they told us that she was special forces, which makes right. that reveal more believable. 
Now yeah. it's not, we're just, exp, you know, we're expositionally telling you something. We've already shown you, we've already shown you this, right? We've, given, already, we've given you the why already. Now we're you, giving you the what. Exactly. You already kind of see she has that mindset. You draw attention to a tattoo instead of her sitting at a table. Someone opens up a folder and goes, I see you were special forces. Right. Yeah, right. That and tried and true bullshit way I to see. get exposition out. A similar tactic was used, and it's not a horror movie, but one thing that I enjoyed the most was how they did that in the movie The Condemned. Um, it's, a, it's a cheap little action film. You know, yeah, I've Steve, seen it. Steve Austin was in it. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, it really is. But they did the, they used the exact same tactic and sell it. It's an excellent storytelling tactic. You show before you tell. And right. we see some aspects of Steve Austin's character that show that he has this capability, that he's trained. Okay. He's probably military. Maybe he's a merc. We don't know really what he is, what the hell is he doing in an El Salvadorian prison, whatever, or a, a Guatemalan prison. But then we find out later when we go to like find out who he is and the government's like, no, nope. they put a stop on that because the shit is confidential. It's like, okay, who is this guy? And then they find out that he's ex-Delta and he just, you know, he's ridiculous. And so that, and I, that works for this one, especially. And I thought, oh, and I mean, I love the fact that it, that our lead in this was a woman. I dug that because it was important to say, you know, like yeah, there are women in special forces. I like that they went with that aspect because it, it kind of like you, you don't anticipate it. Usually, you, you know, you have this idea of special forces in your mind. It's like, no, nope. it could be you know, if you've got the wherewithal to get through it. If you've got the, I guess, the psychological framework or the, I guess, the will to make it through the training, you could be special forces, too. I dug that putting it in a female prison or actually like the female section of prison, put it in, put a, a brand new dynamic on this and the way people deal with stress. And of course, I really, like really displaying how gross fucking prison is. Yeah. I was more concerned about the uncleanliness really at the very beginning. I was I'm like, gonna, I'm going to get a staph infection. I'm going to get a staph infection. Just watch. I'm going to get MRSA just watching this damn movie. I was like, yeah. you're fucking eating and dealing. And at one point she gets, you know, the, the, her crazy cellmate tries to shiv her and slashes her with a razor in the leg. And I'm like, wash your goddamn hands. I don't care if she's going to be put to death. If she's facing the chair next month. That's next month. Today, wash your hands, woman. No, I like the fact that that she was special forces as a woman, but they didn't. It wasn't like, hey guys, look, look at what we did here. Right. It was. It wasn't Uh, thrown in your face. Right. Yeah. It. It wasn't. It didn't come across as something that was like. Oh, uh, we're gonna female empowerment, and we're gonna show how awesome all this other kind of stuff is. It this is the right way to do it, where it's just part of her character. It, it is true. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. She and she and is. she survived the movie, or yeah, towards the Nobody end. Nobody makes movie. a big deal about it. It's just expected, right? Right. And right? and she survives the movie by be by making smart decisions, right. not because she's the ultimate badass, because just because you're special forces doesn't make you, you know, Schwarzenegger and Predator. All right. Just because you're just because you're special forces doesn't make you the way Steven Seagal thinks he is in all his movies. And real life. Le- and in real life. So legit, she she's making the smartest decisions because she's trained to make to evaluate a situation and make smart decisions. I love the portrayal of this in this in, in this particular film. It was smartly done, well shot. Yeah, I enjoyed every aspect of it. The only thing I didn't like, and I thought that they really dropped the ball on, was the ending. 
The ending in the helicopter, getting her picking up and her being the last survivor, that's great. They, Spoiler alert. It, it, it agged me. Just the ending in the helicopter agged me. It was just not necessary. Spoiler alert. We have, a five, we have a five-year spoiler thing. Yeah, that's true. But I just I didn't dig it. I, did, I thought it was unnecessary, and I was kind of like, "Oh man, drop the ball." I see why they did it, but I just didn't think it was necessary. Otherwise, the lead up to that, it's not enough to make me hate the movie. I actually really, really enjoyed it. So the big question really comes down to this: as much as we've lauded about this movie, how surprisingly good it was, it's available on Amazon for anybody who wants to see it. Are we zombied out? Nope. Nope. Uh, and the reason I think you should zombie, at that, Eugene, just no. Yeah, just no. The is no, we're not. No, we're not zombied out. No, no. I like. Okay, I like what wrote another name there. Strong character that happens to that happens to be female instead of strong female character. Right. Exactly. When you when you look at when you look at uh, horror <laughs> films like Ellen Ripley, that's just who right. she is as a person. Right. She just happens to be a woman. <laughs> right. And, and, and she's a badass. Yeah. Aaron uh, Ray says, "You mean Steven Seagal isn't a well-trained killing machine? Because I watched a couple of his movies and prayed for death." That <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that Mad TV skits of him were the best. <laughs> oh yeah, when he went to the diner yeah. and he's just killing everybody. <laughs> like he just snapped the waiter's neck. Yeah, no, it wasn't the waiter. It was the it was the owner on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron, Aaron Reese says, yeah. Aaron Reese says, zombies are now a subgenre. They're good as a background for other themes, but I'm done with the zombies themselves being the big bad. Okay, um, see, well, here's the thing zombies, uh, good zombie films, zombies have never been the big bad. It's always been about the. Us. It's about people. Right. It, yeah, zombies are just, it's like, I, I always tell people that if you go to a zombie film and you're talking about the zombies, you miss the point. Yeah, the, that means um, it didn't the film itself didn't hit because the zombies are a backdrop it's like war films right right uh, the war's background so when you look at like great zombie movies so you think of train to busan Shaun of the dead they're allegories for other things where mm -hmm. Shaun of the dead is more about how we become zombies ourselves with our life and then it just happens to take it to the extreme train to busan is about working class that's because you have the rich and you have the poor and then having to band together on it. And the zombies are just kind of the common threat. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I'd be like that. Uh, uh, my wife loves uh, Angela. She loves train. She loved train to Busan. She was like, this is amazing. Zombies. Train to Busan was yeah. really, really good. She says the, the Asian JL is in that, uh, that that is exactly what I would be doing. The dude who wrapped his arms up in the, uh, the deals. Who's just straight. Just, <laughs> Punches zombies. He's <laughs> just straight Jack. He's just straight John. Zombies left right. I was like, she's like, it's you. It's what you would do. He's like, yeah, I probably would end up doing that. I probably would. <laughs> but I love trading zombies. You're correct. Zombies are a fantastic backdrop. They are the arena hazard. We're focusing on right. what's going on in the arena, but they're the arena hazard. No one talks about the tigers. I mean, that Brent, were in the, that, we want that were, the we want the zombies to be cool and do intelligent not intelligent things per se, but you know, things that we think it would be, you know, within what a ghoul would do. We don't, you know, we think makeup's got to be good. The look has to be good. You know, the teleporting zombies, not good. It's a stupid idea. Let's not do that. You know what I mean? We want them to work within the world that the zombie genre has built. But, you know, it's not, I don't watch, I don't watch The Walking Dead for the zombies. I don't watch Night of the Living Dead for the zombies. 
They just happen to be characters in the show. Yeah, like how how humans react to extreme situations, and just yeah. like the the tagline for like season what was it season six I think of The Walking Dead it was six or seven of The Walking Dead was you know fight the dead fear the living, and because mm-hmm. that's what that ostensibly that's what that that's what the zombie genre should be about. We are the greater threat, and uh, I think Black Summer, which is the prelude to uh, to Z Nation, but Black Summer is fantastically done. A prequel f- a series better than its originating series. You know, Black Summer is tragic. It is gruesome. And it's just, it's just like that is pretty much how you'd imagine it would be, where, you know, because you get that feel of people just picking off other people, the stronger just picking off the weaker, and then someone picks off the someone who's weak, and then they themselves get picked off by someone stronger. It's just fucking brutal as shit. And I really enjoyed Black Summer. Well, because when you look at like most zombies in terms of apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic world, you strip away all the bullshit of society and civilization. We today we have our rules, we have our structure. Mm. If you harm somebody else, you go to jail. We have, and then it's like now when you strip all that stuff away and it to- solely becomes about survival, that's when people that's when you find out who people really are because that super nice person who's an accountant at their day job and they make their money and they mow their lawn all of a sudden could become a warlord that massacres women and children right in the right circumstance or the person who's the quiet always afraid mouth all of a sudden is the one who stands up for other people you negan was a football coach like like if you look at it if you look at it in reference (laughs) if you look at it uh walking dead negan was a football coach yeah. And you have like a football coach. And yet he's leading the saviors. This is who he is. Well, I mean, you think about it. Leadership. He can spot talent. He can he knows how to put to put a team together. He knows how to strategize. He's got everything that it takes to be a leader. You know bang multiple women all at once and make them want to only bang him. Hey, that's just yeah. the, that's just the pros of being a leadership. It's the pros of being a leader. <laughs> Dude, come on. Just that that whole insane is like he turns his back on the group, he's like, hey. Are they still on their knees? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is like that. He loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's what it is. But I think Negan is one of the best reasons for watching Walking Dead. And the thing is that we've been so inundated with zombies. And I would think that at some point we will get zombied out if there's just too much in it. I do like it when people try to do something new with them. Unfortunately, I think the big, the, obviously, Walking Dead is coming to an end. Black Summer is does not is not getting the I guess the marketing that Walking Dead is. Everybody's watching Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead is actually really picked up. It's really picked up its face. It's Fear the Walking Dead is doing really really well. Um, so I'm looking to I'm looking forward to where that's going. Walking Dead is coming to an end. We do have the Carol and Daryl spinoff that's coming along. I don't know where that's going to go. Uh, Fear the Walking or uh, Walking Dead World Beyond that was only two seasons and that's over. Um, those are the, the I guess those are the big uh, the big Billy badasses on the block. But then of course you have what Zack Snyder is doing with his Army of the Dead universe. Yeah, there's there's still stuff that's coming out. Um, I watched a it was a Korean show called Happiness, um, and they actually do a really interesting twist on zombies because instead of well if someone gets bit either they're going to instantly turn zombies or they're going to turn zombies over time you're bit you're done that's it whatsoever sometimes people are able to control it 
to a certain point. So it makes you less likely to yeah, depending on right. some people can control it, some people can't. So <laughs> it makes it less likely that you're going to kill a family member or kill somebody of your canceled. team. I'm so pissed they canceled that show. Three yeah, fucking I, seasons and that kind of a cliffhanger and not oh punch Netflix in the face. What Netflix the hell? Is, Netflix canceled things after like three seasons. Like, I yeah, love Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant were fantastic in that show. Uh, you well, then, uh, so was a daughter and the neighbor's kid. And and the four, the yeah, family was great. Really good, yeah. You know, I wanted to see where they were going to go with it, and they, of course, they they killed it after the whole big deal. You know, the, the husband gets infected with what? I don't know the spider thing. I I have no idea what's going on with it. I and of course we won't get any more, which really pisses me off. So I'm you know there. I, I like what occasionally we get a good a good one that hits. Train to Busan was a solid one. Black Summer is really really good. Fear the Walking Dead is really up to its game. Most of them. Well, there's the other play. one, uh, Alive, uh, that other Korean. Oh, hashtag Alive. Yeah. Where the focus is on, but yeah, and what yeah, it was kind of like I kind of dug that as the zombies were. They weren't so much like a commentary. It was like they're, they're the backdrop, but they're also they're like the obstacles. Like this is an obstacle course that we have to run to survive, and the obstacles happen to be zombies. And I kind of right. dug that. It, it just new ways to use them. Yeah, of, right. You know, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was it felt like a fresh idea as opposed right. to just the same regurgitated shit. So I guess we'll find out. I mean, I don't. I think that maybe the train's running out of steam. But as long as they can keep coming, I think I, I kind of agree with with Johnny. That as long as they can cu- keep coming up with new nuanced ways to like showcase zombies, something different about them. I mean, we we just got a new Resident Evil film, um, which I, I, have, yeah. <laughs> I haven't sat down to watch it. But some people some people say it's pretty good. I uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the truck. You know, obviously we're gonna get more Zack Snyder Army of Dead uh, stuff for. Can I just Netflix. say that was the most stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one cool thing that they put up in that movie about dried out zombie desiccated zombies zombies that desiccate in the sun and then they fall down and then when it rains they rehydrate and they kind of come back that would have been cool to see now we're not going to use that not going to use that no i mean the whole the whole idea of sending this team in there to this fucking vault to get the money out before they nuked a place right that whole thing was stupid it was so stupid the, pre- the whole premise of the film is they have to get in and have to get this money and get out really quick. And then they fuck that up by showing the guy come out of the vault with all the money after the place is blown up. So you mean to tell me we could have nuked this motherfucker <laughs> and just opened the vault and got the money and not had to worry about any of this bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> Fall, fallout's not apparently not a problem. Right. That's the close to the it was all a dream ending. Yes. <laughs> there was there was that so weird, angry. There, well, there were so many weird things. Zack Snyder gave us this this universe, the the dead universe that he's created that had all of these weirds like look at all these cool things that we could be doing and playing with. We're not going to play with any of them. You know, we were saving it for I guess like a future, you know, like robot zombies. Where did the robot zombies come from? The reanimating and the rain zombies. What about those? This whole idea of alpha zombies and queen zombies. What's right. going on with that? Why is there some of them are smart, some of them are not smart? It reanimates animals. What's going on with this? Where why why were there aliens in the opening? What is going on with that? All of these things that we could have explored, we're not explore any of them, we're gonna tell this stupid story about 
a, a heist that didn't even take place. As a matter of fact, all they needed to do was take the head from the queen and then escape with it. The guy who goes in there to betray them all actually gets the head and then he doesn't leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then on top of that, the whole the, the one thing we didn't explore, the philosophical idea. They weren't the first team to go after that. There were other bodies down below, down there, that were dressed very similar to them. They bring up the whole philosophical concept with the uh, the demolitions guy. Um, was that? Uh, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. I know he's, I, a, he's a member of Wu Tang, isn't he? No, Redman. Red Red, no, sorry, Method Man. Is Method Man or Red? Who cares? Method Man, I think. Dead anyway, Redman the philosophical Clark. demolition dude. Uh, instead, they're saying, "Like, look at these bodies here. They're and they they were dressed similar to them. Maybe we're in a maybe we're in a time loop." We just keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And, you know, that, that, that's like us, you know, from the previous time. Of it. Weird philosophical shit that seems like it fits. We're not going to explore any of it. It's just going to be goofy nonsense. And then uh, that, that, that movie aggravated me. Army of Thieves was good. The prequel to Army of the Dead. That was solid. I liked Army of Thieves. That was a fun one. But Army of the Dead was just kind of like, what? Yeah. But nonetheless, I just, I wonder if, if we are, but uh, maybe we're not. I don't know. Well, that that brings me to ask the audience, what is your favorite zombie horror, be it Army of Darkness, be it The Walking Dead, be it Resident Evil, whatever? Let us know in the side chat, comment section down below, or at weekendhorror at gmail.com. Alex needs things to read while he's taking a poop. Yes, he does. While he's breastfeeding. (laughs) (laughs) No way, little mama. You've had enough. It's my turn. <laughs> weird. <laughs> we just went to a weird place. Yeah, well, I figured it was uh, the next movie. We need to be going to weird. This is true. <laughs> Charlie Weld says, impossible for me to answer that question. Zombies are my thing. Yeah. I dig I dig them. As long as they're done right, you know. There are a lot, of, there are a lot of really good ones. Uh, Jinju says reanimate animals like in zombie apocalypse with a 50 cal machine gun on a shopping cart. There you go. <laughs> and, I mean, and done, and, and you know, like you, you, we've seen it multiple times. Zombies, and Zombies got a fucking sequel, Zombies 2. Oh, Jesus Christ. What the shit? And then there was a, oh, I, I said, and I watched that. I watched this with my wife, Aquarium of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I feel no. like two, maybe three people would die in that in that zombie <laughs> apocalypse right there. It would we be the most to... uneventful zombie apocalypse ever. All we have to do is stay out of the water. <laughs> it would be over End in half movie. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 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 it was it was just it was it's as bad as it sounded. It's yeah, Aquarium of the Dead. It's as bad as it sounded. Just just complete. And and I was like, and Vivica Fox was in it. And I was like, Vivica. It's so a long Jeez. way from Kill Bill and Independence Day. That's yeah. a long fall. I was like, Vivica, what happened? What happened, baby? She decided, <laughs> late, decided too late in her career to take Sam Jack. Oh, no, that chick went, I got fucking bills to pay, is what that's I got. Okay. No, that's what I'm saying, right? She, again, she decided too late in her career to take the Sam Jackson route. Well, if I just say yes to everything, maybe I'm going to be a star. I'm like, no, you're. you're 40 now so <laughs> um wrote it no less names is what was the teen romance zombie movie want to be twilight but zombies that would probably be uh oh, warm, bodies, warm bodies yeah which was essentially romeo and juliet but with zombies and i i enjoyed warm bodies i liked it i thought that was pretty cool uh mm-hmm. rob cordry was fantastic 
you know, is like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm all thumbs because he's like legit. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So the next one we have up. And uh, yeah. So this is. Can we pretend like we talked about it and then just move on? No, to the- we, we have no, because we don't have another one to move on to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because this is no, this is the hill before the great drop. Yeah. So if this was a roller coaster, we're up at the top. We're gonna deal with that before we actually drop down to the next one we're talking. We could just pretend like we talked about these next two. Go to the trivia question. <laughs> this one is not. It's not terrible. <laughs> Not as bad you, as that. Look, so, we anyway. have we've had to say that line far too many times the past few weeks. Okay? <laughs> this movie's uh, wild. doesn't make you more terrible. Like, you know? Anyway, the next You've movie You've seen we YouTube have videos worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh okay, Robert Castle has a point. Alexander Daddario in low rise jeans. I got no problem with it in a midriff. I got yeah, no yeah. You know, that. you I can find that on fucking Google. They have to sit through an hour and a half movie of shit. <laughs> true detective. Oh, that's all true, I gotta de- say. true detective. That's all. I, yep, yep. There you go. Anyway, so <laughs> this movie came out January fourth, January fourth, two thousand thirteen, and it is Texas Chainsaw three D. So directed by John Lucenhop, with a uh, written by Stephen Susco, starring Alexandra Daddario, Dan Yeager. Tremaine Neverson, Tanya Raymond, Tom Barry, Paul Ray, and Bill Mosley. A little bit of horror icon there. I love me some Bill Mosley. Yeah, but was he? How long was he in this movie? Uh, at least he was there. So, <laughs> so there's a bunch film, of name drops in the beginning, but that's the it. film is a prequel that takes place before the original 1974 film titled Leatherface was released in 2017. Text Chainsaw Massacre, or this one was oh god. I have to look past all of the negative reviews. Basically, the film saw, the film follows Alexander Daddario's inheritance of the Sawyer house because she's the last living relative, uh, the last next of kin of that family after the grand shootout. And so she inherits the house, um, find out, you know, whatever, and turns out that she is a long lost, she's like kind of like a long lost cousin of the Sawyer family and uh, related to Leatherface himself. And of course, hijinks ensue as the, you know, her, she and all her friends come into the property. People start dropping like flies until you know we find out that the two of them are actually related. Then it becomes a family affair. Um, that sounded much grosser than I intended when yeah. I said yeah, that. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, what are you doing, Step Bro? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, oh. it's not that kind of movie. Um... <laughs> Wow. Okay, so the, the, <laughs> the first thing that came to mind when watching this, it, I mean, we could dive into a, a, the theme of this kind of, of text chainsaw movies is basically Leatherface killing people with a chainsaw in, in, or killing people in violently gruesome ways. That's what the series is descended into. Toby Hooper's uh, legendary first film has basically become about giant, huge guy cuts, you know, chops up people. Giant, huge guy moves quieter and faster than you anticipate to kill you with giant loud weapon that you never hear coming right oh, see, is what is, that's turned into <laughs> so this is an electric chainsaw yeah look, <laughs> eco-friendly but okay so it starts off right after the events in 1974 and then it cuts to like present day right so if she was born in 1974 why is she 27 in 2013 <laughs> uh no, that's not a plot hole at all. 
No, it's just okay. basic math. Not 48 okay, so and some interesting, interesting questions here from the chat. It's like Aaron Reese says, if they burn the house down, then where the hell did the profile pictures come at the beginning of the first movie? That's a very good question. Yeah. And, he says, oh, and then you've got Travis Brown says, the only good things about Texas Chainsaw 3D is Alexander Daddario and Double D. I mean 3D. So agreed. I get this. I, I understand these things. But the one thing that stuck out to me and it occurred to me while, while re-watching this was, God fucking damn it, this franchise is so fucking chaotic. Like the yes. continuity in this franchise is like, I, you, it's hard to tell what's going on because I found out reading about this, there is two timelines that are technically going on here, which is weird. And what I'm talking about is, um, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking, uh, son of a bitch. I had it pulled up and because there's actually names for them. Um, no, that's the 2022 film. Fuck. This movie was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, okay. So the, uh, God, and they don't even have them there, but anyway, so apparently, the 2003 one with Jessica Biel kicked off its own timeline. Yes. And then this, I think it's this one or the one uh, one after, like kicked off another timeline that started before the events and are leading up into the one that's coming up in, 20, in 2022. So there's technically three timelines. There's the Toby Hooper version, the Toby Hooper vision, and then there's the other stuff around it that's going on. So depending upon which movie you see, you, you I don't know. And that's why it's so freaking chaotic. But that's apparently it's it's okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. I I just know like it's ultra confusing. I mean, you start getting to the point. This is what a lot of these franchises do because you look at the Halloween series where it's okay. You have the Halloween movies, and then you have the Rob Zombie, which skips over some of these, and then these don't become canon, and it gets rebooted again straight out. The only one anybody can agree is that the first Halloween movie took place. Right. Okay, so I found it. I found it. Travis Brown just said, oh no, Aaron Reese said, there is a legit motherfucking Texas Chainsaw multiverse. And there is. That nobody asked for. Okay, so you have the original, you have the original continuity, which is Texas Chainsaw, Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. That's the original continuity. Then you have the Platinum Dunes remake continuity, which is Text Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, and Text Chainsaw Massacre, the one with Jessica Beale. That was the, the initial remake. Because uh the beginning was a prequel to that. So that's the Platinum Dunes remake continuity. Then you have the Millennium Films alternate continuity, which was Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974, and then Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is what this one is. This is the third continuity. Then you have Legendary's alternate continuity, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is the one coming out this year, uh, 2022. So they include Toby's and then go off in different directions. I mean, it's almost like comic books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man, Incredible Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, so on and so forth. But yeah, that's the that's why this franchise is so insane and why we keep retreading stuff that we thought was not retread. There was a, wait a minute, this was established here. Nope, sorry, this is another timeline. So legit, a Texas Chainsaw multiverse is what is what we are existing in. No like, like, John, for it. like, 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 John, yeah, like, like, nobody asked for this. No, 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 no one, no, no one wanted. 
uh this movie itself is like even even the teens or they're 20 something whatever aren't the smartest there's no one to really root for uh they meet a hitchhiker and then they're like let's leave him alone in this giant house and they all like drive off so he's like oh let me just go steal some stuff because i've known these people for like four hours yeah on this and so then he gets smoked and it's like whatever um on it and then the whole get him cousin now where where did that accent come from oh yeah because she read a letter that that let her know that she was a hillbilly all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) okay that that worked that worked in tucker and dale it doesn't work here. No. <laughs> You're part hillbilly. Oh, now I gotta talk like a hillbilly too. <laughs> no, you were speaking nor you were speaking non uh non-dialectic Hello, American throughout the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden you find out you're part hillbilly. And well, you're part you cannibal, my... you're part cannibal hillbilly. Now you look, gotta talk like what? Look, I'm gonna go over yonder yonk too. Oh shit! I, I'm deliverance related. I'm talk yeah. deliverance related. Yeah. It's like no. Yeah, golly, that was so stupid. The whole thing. Oh, you and your friends came from college. Because what are you doing? Because you inherited a house that was, you know, the house of the the crazy people that ate people that I thought burned down for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but the house is bigger now too. It's like, bigger, much bigger, almost, <laughs> yeah. almost, almost labyrinth style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. How many rooms does this place have? It's bigger it's on the inside. Than it is on the outside. Yeah, right. It looks bigger on the inside. What the fuck? Aaron Reese would like, like some fucking Harry Potter house, man. I'm telling you, it's fucking shit. Aaron Reese would like us to stop stereotyping his people. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but the whole, Oh man, this this one hurt my brain because I, I was smashing my face against the wall. Um, but it, it, watching this, I'm trying to you know I, I want to be positive about this movie, but I just can't. You have you have it's the cool kill where the guy gets sawed in half. That's it. There that's were it. there there were at least some, like like at least some decent kills. That's the because that's the focus of the franchise now. It's not even continuity because we you know, nobody I mean, cares. Yeah, right. I, yeah, it's no. Who knows what continuity we're in? If it's legendary or millennium or platinum dunes or the original continuity, and even some of the and even the movies in the original continuity or in the other continuities, who fucking knows? And so screw that. We're not worried about that. We're we just want to see hulking weird bad guy, you know, saw up idiots with the chainsaw. It's pretty much what it's boiled down to. Pretty much. And I will admit this had some decent ones. Um, and some of the kind of like I they did. The, I thought the director's focus on leading into the kind of like you're about to get chainsawed, like the anticipation before it happens. I thought that was pretty solid because that's always freaky when it just happens and you're like, oh, that's gross. But when you're like anticipating, like here it comes, it's not coming as quickly. Just you know, like get it over with. You know, it's like no. Nah. Savor the anticipation. Yeah, when you put like, a chainsaw like on her shoulder, kind of right. Thing, and, and I'm yeah. like, oh, and, and then you know, I like those. They kind of pulled me in. It's kind of like, ah, oh, that would be fucking scary. Well, that's one thing I liked about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everybody thinks oh, it was a super bloody movie. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Really, right. isn't it? There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's left to your imagination, which I think is more effective when it comes to scaring people than just oh, let me show you sawing this bitch's arm off or sawing this dumbass in half or whatever 
um leaving shit to the imagination is so much more effective yeah. but i just uh, still can't wrap my head around how the character goes from you know oh we gotta run and escape to oh i read a letter 20 minutes ago that said this is my cousin and i gotta take care of him okay let's kill some people what the fuck <laughs> we're now yeah, a team she, like like she went like like yeah, that's a full like character switch like alignment shift right there she went from like lawful good to just chaotic evil and just one fell oh yeah. goodness i was evil the whole time and i didn't know it <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome excuse yeah right <laughs> And we're gonna justify it, justify the atrocities of my family and the all the cannibalism and shit. Oh, it's all good. I like to eat people. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I, Aaron Reese says the least believable thing was the shirt that never fell off of Alexander Alexander Daddario. Like that shirt was just impressive. You know, just like where <laughs> it stayed the whole time, just the perfect amount of just kind of, oh, we can see a little bit, but no. It was it, it was goofy and i just you know i guess a continuation of the series because people just all these different all these different uh i guess production companies just throw in their hat in the ring to see if they can make one the next movie that's coming out this upcoming year is texas chainsaw massacre they're just calling it texas chainsaw massacre it's the uh uh i guess i, I it's a continuation of legendaries alternate alternate continuity so this goes from the original toby hooper to this one so i guess they're they're copying blumhouse on this with going with you know the 1978 Halloween to the 2018 Halloween, you, you know, the, you know what? I want to challenge these studios. I keep making Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. I want to challenge you to make a good one. <laughs> can you can you lower the bar a little bit? And, here, and here's the re, here's the real key: stop making our beloved horror icons sympathetic characters. That's, and at worst, don't make them don't make them fucking anti-heroes because that is what Leatherface was in this movie was an anti-hero. Stop it! Stop! Was stop! Stop! I mean, he I was. Get, I get he became an anti-hero at the do. end. Yeah, I get this. We we're trying to do, but uh, just look. I don't understand why this movement, where this movement came from, that we have to have this new layer to these characters of why they are why the sympathetic layer to the characters of why they are who they are who gives a fuck we don't care i don't need well did freddy krueger really do it i mean he was was he a victim of vigilante justice no he's a fucking he's a fucking evil piece of shit that's all i fucking need right oh, well jason you know uh, he did watch his mother get murdered and he's uh, i don't fucking care Watching your mom get murdered doesn't justify you killing 150 people. Right. Oh, even more. Yeah. yeah. I really want to go for it. You know, the thousands giant... of people who's like, I watched my mom get killed like so long ago. Yeah. It's like there's so many bodies now. Yeah. There's more okay. bodies in Crystal Lake than there are than there's fucking there's water. water. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> And then the same thing with this, with Texas Chainsaw Mask. We're going to make this, oh, well, you know, he's mentally unstable. Well, no fucking shit. We already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why, why do I have to feel sympathy for these characters? Why, why is that a thing? Why do I need to feel sympathy for these bad guys? He yeah, kills people with chainsaws. That's I it. I, I do, that's, that's it. That, that's the function. That's the form and function of this character. There is no sympathy in this because as Toby Hooper stated in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the intention of Leatherface was to convey an individual who was so simple-minded and had zero expressive abilities unless he was wearing a face. 
The concept being that what made Leatherface scary is that if that there, there was nothing underneath the face, that the face he was wearing is him expressing himself because he can't do it any other way. So the the, the face he puts on, that's his that's his persona at the time. If he took that off, there would be nothing there. And that is fucking scary. The idea that someone, in order to actually interact with like anybody, they got to wear the face of another human being. That's freaky. And I like what Toby set up in that. I like what that original one was. And he and and also Leatherface was it wasn't Leatherface centric. It was Leatherface was a member of a family. He was essentially ostensibly the muscle of the family. Yeah, because so. the most disturbing scene in the first one is the dinner scene. Yes. And right. it focuses more with the hammer and them trying to get the grandfather to hammer the girl mm-hmm. than actually Leatherface killing somebody with a chainsaw. Right. And yeah, then I that iconic scene at the end. Mask. Yeah, yeah. The chainsaw massacre isn't about Leatherface, it's about the Sawyer family. The Sawyers, right? Yeah. Period. Not a, I mean, it's just man. That's why I really didn't mind. I, I really kind of enjoyed the 2003 remake. I, I I did. I enjoyed the 2003 remake because it went back to that. This was about the Sawyer family. They were all as bad as Leatherface. Arlie Ermy is the dad, the grandma, the or right. the, the grandma and grandpa. All of them were terrible, and I dug that. Arlie, in fact, you would say Arlie Ermy was just as bad as Leatherface was. You know, we can see the driving force behind what Leatherface was essentially just a a, 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 ma- a weapon of mass destruction. You point right. him in a direction and he goes. Is pretty much it. Everyone else was the was the the ones who were capable of coming up with shit. Arlie Ermy was t- was horrible in that film, and I could see that that right. made sense to me, and I like that interaction there. So, and then of course now it's all it's, it's got to be like Leatherface centric because I guess or icon, but. Yeah. Right. So I want, you know, but the sympathy for the devil thing, leave that shit out. Don't, they tried it with Freddy Krueger, fucking failure. They tried it with, uh, with, uh, with Friday the 13th. It was the last one we got. That was 2009. They tried it with, uh, with Leatherface. Thankfully we have four continuities. So, but I don't know where they're going to go with the next one. I have no freaking clue. Next thing you know, they're going to tell us about Michael Myers and Halloween. What is this new Halloween coming up in 2022? Who gives a shit? Halloween, who gives a shit? Next thing you know, it's going to be Michael Myers. Oh, well, it's because, uh, you know, he had an Uncle Billy who touched him when he was a little boy. Like, come on, man. No, he's I don't going, think they're going to go in that direction. I know, I know, I know. I'm being yeah. fucking facetious here. But <laughs> Suddenly, Michael becomes a good guy and the yeah. townspeople are bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's all the townspeople that were covering up for the terrible, uh, terrible priest. Uh, and but nonetheless, um, I want to ask the audience of all the movies that we mentioned, of all the you know, and even though the timelines are completely and totally convoluted, I am very, very curious. What is y'all's favorite entry in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise? Like you, your favorite film of all the ones that have been produced? A lot. I think a lot of people are going to go back to the original one, the original Toby Hooper masterpiece. Um, I I know a lot of people who really love three. I actually happen to like three quite a lot. I also like two, but I like okay, two I'll virtue. Like, I, like I like two, two because yeah, two is great because it's got uh, Bill Mosley and an early Bill Mosley. We can see him really letting loose. 
And I just I had three I dig, and I also uh, I kind of dug a little bit. I kind of dug Next Generation a little bit because you know Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger, you know, just what the fuck ever, you know, just that was, you got to start somewhere, man. But I know a lot of people are going to probably go to the original, but I want to let want to know which one do you love the most? Let us know in the comments below or weekendhorrorgmail.com or here in the live chat if you happen to be here. So all right, we got. One more to talk about. There's a lot of love. Like I thought, there's a lot of love for the original. The yeah, the original, original, I mean, the original masterpiece. Yeah, I would have to go original. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go original. Still, the, there are some good entries, but the originals. Yeah, I mean, it's masterpiece. Robert Kess says the one with the black guy has the M16. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, a lot of love for the original in the live chat. Um, but we got one more to talk about, and it's interesting because I wasn't anticipating this when I set this up. Something about this next movie, Eugene's got this one, but something I'm going to bring up about that. I watched this thing and was like, "What the fuck?" I, not, I, the fact that it's, not the fact that it's so bad. Enough, I had the exact same reaction when I, I watched. I know, right? Okay, Eugene, kick it off, man. <laughs> As the roller coaster goes down, <laughs> you know, whenever you get in the Texas Giant and you get to the very top of the of the the first. Dip, you have Wiley e. Coyote there with a sign that says, Don't do you want to rethink this? <laughs> can we rethink this? Yeah, or can yeah. we talk about this? Or something yeah, like that? Like yeah. That, yeah. This is wow, this well, is kind of like Titan, it's kind of like Titan, and it was going up the Texas Titan. There was a certain point where I was kind of like, Okay, we're going up, we're going up, we're going up, it's just, and then it just keeps going and it keeps going. And eventually, you're like, Okay. Okay, stop. This is this is too much. This is we're, it's too high. I can see the curve of the earth. It's like the bird is flying lower than I am. You ever seen that video of the guy that goes out and changes the one light bulb in the world's tallest light tower? Oh yes. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, going go oh, We're just stalling at this point. At this point, yeah, this is just all tactics. <laughs> So, the last one we have is Hell Week, which was released January 5th, 2010, directed by Eddie Lingle, and it stars people in it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people. Um, <laughs> there's not even a Wikipedia page for it. I'm on IMDb, and only one of them has a picture. Uh, Robin Griggs. So, yeah, Robin Griggs and other people in it. And basically what it is, is you have rush week for a fraternity and they're like, well, we're going to kind of scare people and not scare people. And they end up being uh, locked in with a killer who actually starts killing uh, fraternity and sorority people. Um, the killer is a mix between the Phantom and the Phantom of the Opera with that stupid fucking mask and then takes it into, into Leatherface with the chainsaw. Yeah, just a stupid rendition of in some of the worst kills. Not worst kills like brutality wise, but worst kills like did they just use water and food and red food coloring? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not even yeah, gonna say the line. It doesn't deserve it. No. <laughs> because it never does. It never right, does. exactly. So yes, the the film itself is a you know, the film itself. Is an absolute depiction as to what you don't do as a filmmaker if you're, you're making cheap, cheap ass motherfucking films, which is what this movie was. But I also had to like legit say, and I I hadn't watched it before I wrote the before I wrote the section in the script. I didn't realize how apropos one of these subjects is. This movie, like I cannot. I think I stopped at ten when uh, encountering 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre ri- like like rips. Rips, yeah. Shit that they pulled directly from Texas Chainsaw Massacre from from yeah, the multi- yeah. from the different pictures. And I was kind of like, are, is there is there an original aspect to this thing at all? No. Like like it was like no no there wasn't. There was, was one the- moment I'll give him that. That's where the chick got cut in half with a machete. The that I thought, yeah, looked, but that was Jason. Jason did that already, and Jason yeah. did that already exactly. But I was say at least that was the one moment, and then you wasted it at the very, very beginning of the film. Now we got to slog through all of this bullshit that you put together. Definitely an example of what you don't do, even if you have no money. I mean, it, it looks and so many stairs. Why did why do they think like these obsessed with like shooting on stairs? Oh Jesus Christ! Yes. How, oh my how God! How many stairs are in this place? How big is this building? It's the fucking what's the call that the tallest building that was in India? What is that fucking place called? The Burj Khalifa. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Jesus! There's, Christ. It's kind of like you know that they found that place and they were kind of like, oh, we're gonna shoot so much shit on this staircase. Yeah, baby. He's like, oh yes, it it I ah. Uh, uh, Fuck. <laughs> I, I mean, Jesus they, Christ. They like, have a cool location. But you'll never fucking know about it. Because all you're going to do is stairs. <laughs> I would I love to film a horror film at that location. Because it's amazing. It lent yeah. itself to it. Yeah, you it was very passive from the outside. Shit with this. All you, have to do is light, all you have to do is light it correctly. Yes, that's it. Your production designer will hummer you to death if you, like, here, this is what you have to work with. Okay. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> it, it, Pretty it, much. Exactly. You get this killer location, and this is the exact opposite when we start talking. We were talking about Inmate Zero. So, Inmate Zero. A cool location, right. yes. and they utilize it to the full advantage. Versus this, where you have stairs, it's not exposed properly, so you can't fucking see half of it. Right, right. right. It's just this blackness off in the distance that is just terrible, and not just bad lighting, lighting choices, but some weird lighting choices. It's yeah, it's like like why do this? Because it's not I, evoking. I really want to know what her nostrils look like. Exactly. That was that was weird. And then and then there's a whole sequence where everybody's blue. Yeah. And I'm not sure yeah. why. But then I thought I was like, oh, because it was when they were first revealed. They're like, like, oh, there's like a family working down here, and they're all like, everybody looks blue skinned. I was like, oh, interesting, because there is a a family like like a blue family that like lives in Kentucky. That's actually like a genetic defect that like like a reset like a very rare recessive gene that results in everybody in the family having blue skin. That's a legitimate thing you can look up. I was like, oh, did they go with that? Is that kind of like the situation? No, no, it was just really bad lighting. Yeah, it was just a yeah. weird lighting choice. Everybody's blue, and then all of a sudden they're not blue. Then like, it's just it's regular. Then what the fuck? What was the point? <laughs> it's not their point. Is they they didn't white balance their camera, and they didn't even correct it in color grade. No. I don't know what the plan was with coloring this because a lot of stuff outside looks just weird like a weird tint to it it's like they found one they had one still in the movie and they were and they put just a like one of those peter mckinnon lutz on it and said hey that looks good fucking do the whole movie that way yep (laughs) just just cut and paste everything 
So the, the one thing about this, and there's really, I mean, I wish there was more to say on this. If anybody does check this out, it is available to watch on Tubi. That's where, that, that's where, I mean, it's free to watch on Tubi. You get, you get a couple of ads in there, but the, you know, Tubi's not too bad about that. But I was sitting here watching this bad boy and you know, all of these things, just basic stuff that came up when I was in, when I was in film school, it's like, you don't do that. You don't do that. What is up with this stupid fucking camera work that's going on? So many wasted opportunities. And then like, you know, they, they, they took things, they, they took things, a lot of stuff from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a little bit from Friday the 13th, a little bit from, and there's even a little bit of the, like a little kind of like a reference to the collector and that as well with the different levels and like crazy people down there in the bottom and just weird unexplained shit that they threw in for no, for no reason. Stole the complete scene with the kid with the with the, the douchebag that like the primary douchebag of the movie like thinks he's escaped but the bad guy's in the back seat, um, shit like that like just you know just total rips from other films. No, we've never seen that before. Oh, no, was right. so original. So I was uh, so I had to go into it and we you know if you're gonna steal obviously the the message there is if you're gonna at least steal something at least do it well at least like steal like you know steal good stuff if you're going to do it and if you're going to steal steal good stuff and if you're going to at least do it like they did don't take something like oh we're do that but we're going to do it our way no because the reason it works because it was done that way you change it's well, not going to work the if same. if you do it your way if you do if you're going to do it your way then don't steal something just do it your way like hey i think it would be kind of cool to have you know chop somebody in half with a machete how would we do that how would we do that don't, well, look, look what they did over here. Look, what, no, don't just don't do it. You know, our our character is going to be an allusion to Leatherface. All right, cool. We know the we know what that character is like. We know the ins and outs of it. Let's not let's make this character's kills our kills, not somebody else's kills. If you're gonna if you're gonna do something and fail, and you're gonna make sure it's your own shit, fail at doing your own thing. Don't fail at trying to copy somebody else. Right, it makes that fail look harder because we know what you're trying to copy from. Right on it, and honestly, you might as well just cut and paste the scene from JL Texas Chainsaw. I'm fucking out of here. This movie's so bad. I'm out of here. <laughs> he says I can't handle this movie anymore. No, my bad. Sorry, but it, it hiccuped on me. My bad. Oops. It's like, it's like even my internet, my 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 internet is just like I can't fucking do it anymore. <laughs> well, the reason is because I spent time. I had to look into it. I spent time on this. Probably the reason why my internet. Because oh, we're talking about this again. Because I I googled the company that was behind this. Uh, Fright Tech Pictures. Is who was behind this? I went to their website and look what they do. They have a massive, massive catalog of films, like a huge. I think well over, I think almost two hundred movies in their catalog. Every single one of them is a filmmaker, is a film in this style and this level of of uh, this level of quality, telling this kind of story. Where they pretty much say, "This is this company's specialty. They specialize in the extremely low budget, just." you know the horror trope riffs the things that make horror movies great and they just throw the three you casually throw things together to, to tell a, a kind of like basic three-act story sometimes not even that and that's pretty much it that's what they do and either they acquire them and distribute them or because they're a production and a distribution company and i this is how they make their bread and butter pretty much it they're still putting them out today all the you know, pretty much direct to dvd or direct to vod is where you can find them just throw them out there 
I guess if you throw enough shit at the wall, eventually something will stick. Or if you throw enough shit out there, the pennies it brings back will justify all the shit you've made. I have no fucking clue. I mean, if you, you make a film for, let's say, they give them a budget of $3,000, and if you're able to get it on the shelf at Walmart just for it existing there, you're going to make $3,000 back. Or they'll package it up. Yeah, they'll package it up in a bundle VOD that they'll make all their money back on. Yeah, it's so low investment where they put out $3,000 and then they'll package it, maybe say for a total $5,000. And then if they make 50 grand because it goes all over the country, they still make money. Yep. That's how you do it. Just, I mean, just just keep turning the sausage crank and, you know, what comes out is sausage, but... Yeah. I mean, hey, sausage sells. I mean, it's what it is. Um, oh, Ginger says Tubi has two versions of Hell Week: the original and the Grindhouse. Watch the Grindhouse one. That's that's the one I watch. Mm-hmm. And is. there's there's not much of a difference. It's just yeah. kind of like they just kind of like went a little bit harder. But I mean, the, the, both of them are technically Grindhouse. If you want to go by quality, I mean, shit. But nonetheless, both of them are um, shit house. You want to go? By I, shit. I, I I struggle to find a question to ask the audience on this one because this one is just. Know what you're getting into if you watch this movie. If you watch movies like this, obviously these are not made for the awards they're going to win. This is just literally sausage making horror movies. You churn them out, people will buy them. You get, I mean, it's, that's all it is. This is just your your low grade sausage baloney. This is what this yeah, is yeah low grade low grade baloney making. That's what it is. This is. If you want something to laugh at with your friends, if you want to grab a couple drinks and just crack <laughs> jokes like Mystery Science Theater 3000, because uh, me and my friends love doing stuff like that with movies, then by all means, this is one of the ones I would recommend. Uh, Rodan no last name says, I'll wait for the Pure Flix version. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were no tits in this, so what the hell? At least throw, get throwing some TNA from a trouble, not just idiots running around in masks. They couldn't afford. They couldn't afford boobs. Couldn't afford TNA. Would you please? No. Nope. We could. Come on. <laughs> you know, there's, some strip, there's, some strip, there's some strippers out there willing to make an extra hundred fifty on a day, and for for like one. Eugene said they couldn't afford it. <laughs> I stand by my statement. <laughs> All right, but because this was a technically a college slasher film, because it takes place during Rush Week, it's you know the. The the fraternity is hazing people, whatever. They all go to this, you know, this creepy uh, warehouse where everybody gets slaughtered by the crazies that live there. I just wanted to ask the audience, what is your favorite college slasher? And I know that there are many, many out there. And of course, this technically qualifies as a college slasher because it's college kids going and partying and getting slashed. So, but what is your favorite college slasher? Let us know in the comments below or weekinhorrorgmail.com or, of course, in the live chat for those who are with us. I gotta um, say, I gotta say, <coughs> Eugene, you look a lot different all of a sudden. I totally uh, jumped the script, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's, it's subconscious. You want to get this one? Get this fucking movie out. It's, it's subconscious. I, I'm sorry, Eugene. I stepped on your toes. Yeah, so favorite college slasher. I was laughing. I was laughing because it was Nerd Journal who said, uh, How to Launder Money One on One. That's actually, that. I think it was in the 70s, the porn industry got in trouble for that, for this very thing. Ah. Uh, yeah, there's a movie. It's called uh, like After Fall or something like that. It came out in 2009. 
that it looks like i mean it's bad quality it's like it looks like something shot in the 70s they have an mri machine that's made out of paper that you can tell is paper (laughs) and like i mean that level of filmmaking and for some reason has a budget of five million dollars right yeah okay Nothing better, no, nothing, absolutely nothing better. I mean, that's up there with the short film that we saw where the person was in the hospital, like in a hospital, and the IV that was coming out of their arm was hooked up to an upturned Nestle water bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Which I thought was just, but it was, it was done, that was done intentionally. It was meant to be super, super cheap. It's like, because it was portraying something else. So that's when it's intentional, that's what's funny. Because that was absolutely hilarious. The, the, just like the, a rubber yeah, tube coming out of a Nestle water bottle was just great. The, the soap opera one that we watched in the screen, he called Silver Taps. That yeah. one was hilarious. <laughs> so I apologize. Didn't mean to jump uh, to jump the gun to step on your toes right there in the script. But uh, apparently I subconsciously need to get the fuck out of this movie. Um, <laughs> and, we wanted, and I wanted to get to the uh, trivia tonight. So, yes. It is that time. We got a lot. Oh, there's a lot of love for Happy Death Day in the live chat. Was, happy, I love Happy Death Day. Yeah, happy Death Day I mean, was I great. It, I mean, you know, it does. Part, it's in college. I, I don't know. When I think of college horror films, I don't think Happy Death Day, even though it was in college. I think of things like Sorority and uh, Sorority House uh, Massacre, massacre and, uh, yeah, Slumber like, Party Massacre. Yeah, all the massacre films. <laughs> oh, was it um, April, uh, April? April? Uh, April Fools. Fools? Was April Fools High School or college? I thought it was college. Yeah, it's, April it's Fools college. Is college. Happy I, birthday! I would still can, consider. Yeah. 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 All but right, yeah, but we, we do have a trivia question. So, yeah, we and do have we, a trivia question, and we have to make sure we um, put this trivia question out correctly. Because we don't want any fighting in the side chat. Exactly. But, oh, this is true. And you know what? Before we do it, I'm actually going to pop over to the live chat, um, the actual like live show. Because, oh, that's me. Sorry. I didn't turn the <laughs> volume down. I uh, want to make sure that I have it completely updated and ready to go. Make sure that I'm getting things. And you got to make sure you don't do top chat. You do live chat. On live chat, yeah. That's right. Okay, cool. Someone said, I like Urban Legend. Nerd, nerd Journal said, I like Urban Legend, but I have bad taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Angel Rivera with the win. Night of the Creeps. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I got good news and bad, good, bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. <laughs> That's how you sell a movie. Um, all right. All right. So the prize tonight for yeah, our trivia. So everybody... Flex those Google fingers because this is what you're going to win. I don't have a copy on uh, of it. You're going to win an autographed face mask of... No, I'm kidding. No, no. You're going to win the Tremors box set. All seven movies together. The I'm Tremors so box set. I'm so excited about this Tremors box I set. I am totally yes. excited about this. I want to give this bad boy away. And I so, yes. jump in a box and mark it guaranteed. If we you have the entire... The entire franchise, the entire Tremors franchise, it doesn't have the TV series in it, but it has all seven movies, including the newest one that just came out. The entire arc is available as as a prize tonight for tonight's trivia question. So, Johnny, take it away so that these people can try and win this thing. All right. Now, uh, so the trivia question is, how many actors have portrayed Leatherface on screen? Now, what we mean by on screen are released Films, films that have already come out. How many actors have portrayed Leatherface on screen? 
Here we go. Yes, Here upcoming we go. Oh. does not count. Right. Chris Durham would like to say, trivia question, Hal Holbrook in something I don't know, um, I got nothing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ooh, oh, go. got some close ones. Close got some answer. close ones. Tony Regine, you're close. K91. Alpha K91 is the first. Let me double check that and make sure. Yeah, I think there. Yes, Alpha K91 is correct. There have been eight actors who have portrayed Leatherface on screen. So the ninth is the new guy coming in, the new one coming out in 2022. He has not technically been him on screen yet, but there have been eight actors who have portrayed him on screen. And just to cover that, one second. Leatherface has been portrayed by Gunnar Hansen, Tom Morga, Bill Johnson, R.A. Mihailov, Robert Jacks, Andrew Bernarski, Dan Yeager, and Sam Strike are the eight actors who have portrayed Leatherface on screen. Mark Burnham will be the ninth. So, oh, Rodinoff's name, close, but 10 to the negative 17. Tor is not how many actors have played him, but it may <laughs> seem that way. Um, but yes, way to go. Uh, that, that, that's actually funny. And remember, it is still a positive number. Um, one thing that's interesting while I was looking through that is that one of those, uh, Tom, was it Tom Morga? I want to make sure I'm talking about the right guy. Yes. Tom Morga is really, really cool. The second person that's on there because he has portrait other than like lots of Star Trek characters. Cause obviously, cause he's a stunt man. He could do cool stuuff like that. He is the only actor, the stunt man, actor, whatever to portray Jason Leatherface and Michael. He's played all three at some point. The only actor to actually do that. And the, so he's up there with like Bill Paxton, the only character, you know, the only person, the only actor to be killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. So yes, Thomas, uh, Thomas Morga has played both. He played Jason Voorhees in part four in the flashback sequences. He played Leatherface. And then of course, uh, Michael Myers. Um, I can't remember uh, which one it was. It was in four. I think it was. He played Michael Myers in four. And then, of course, he did a lot of work in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, stunt coordination, and played some characters with where he actually won awards for that. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. All right. So, congratulations to Alpha K91. You get the full Tremors box set. All seven movies. We're going to ship that right out to you. So, uh, Aaron Ray says, I just counted everyone with a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha K91 says the most hated contestant in a week in horror history. No. Hey man, you win, you win. Everyone's got the equal opportunity. That's true. It's all about that Google foo. How you do it? How you search so, it? That, that matters. Yeah. So congratulations again to Alpha K91. Uh, awesome. Oh, what was this? Uh, that was the closest. Mystique uh, uh, Tina Jones says that was the closest. Forty-two has been to being a correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes, uh, yes, Travis Brown. He says he was, but he was Jason in Tommy's mind, so it does not count. It does count. It so counts. That was him. I mean, he was on screen. He was on screen. On screen. All right. So thank you all so much. This is fantastic. And uh, that will bring another episode of Week in Horror to a close. Thank you all so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed the show. Join us next week when we look back at Dybbuk Horror in The Unborn brutal survival horror in the Furies, a return to classic Universal Monsters with the return of the Invisible Man, and the psychological horror of Doom Room. 
God, it sounds so dumb when I say it out loud. But we'd like to send a special shout out to all of our amazing patrons who will continue to help us make Weekend Horror the incredible success it has become. Thank you all so very, very much. And you guys know all that cool artwork we have for the show and our limited edition t-shirts? Well, Weekend Horror artist Joshua Olson has opened up a store with all of his amazing designs. Check out www.badsamurai.store to see all of the latest amazing additions to his shop. And keep in mind... The current discount at our Teespring is still in effect for the next couple of days. That ends on the 31st. That is the last opportunity to get any Weekend Horror merchandise as cheaply as possible. So check that out. Visit us at WeekendHorror.net where you can find links to all of our episodes, our bios, our merch store at Teespring. And of course, enter your email for a permanent entry to win a mystery horror shirt every month, courtesy of $6shirts.com. We love them over there. That's where I got this one. Watch TV. So please like and subscribe and smash that bell like someone's head caught in a jigsaw trap for all the latest updates from the show. And be sure to leave us a comment for those interactions. They really help us with the dreaded algorithm, which is legitimately the slasher in our story. So ring, ring. <laughs> and lastly, if you truly love what we do here and would like and are able to support our production, you can through our Patreon. We have tiers as low as $1 a month. That's cheaper than a Friday the 13th throwaway victim. Higher tiers get early and special access, bonus content, monthly horror movies, and even join us as special judges for our bloodbath debates and our after darks when we do things like play movie trivia nights. And you can see if you can beat us, beat the, you know, beat the horror experts. Come on. But if Patreon is not your preferred cup of blood, you can always support the show through our PayPal as well. Links to all of this, including to our Discord community, where we you can find film recommendations, trailers for the movies we talk about, trivia games, horror watch parties, and even interact directly with us are in the description below. I don't know what that picture is, Johnny. Just keep reading. It's weird. As always, sharing the show with the friends in your local horror community is the absolute best way to help us continue to grow. Thank you all for being the greatest audience a podcast could possibly have. I am JL. And I'm Eugene. And this is a family of fucking weirdos. That's weird. That's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> Remember, join us on the live shows. You can see weird stuff like Johnny is putting on the screen. I It's... It, it's fucking that, great. It's, it's you, I mean, you can make a. I can make a horror movie off that picture. Three, that's well, this. That's creepy as shit. Anyway, yeah. we'll see you all next week. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Even the people in the chat are like, "That's unnerving." <laughs> deeply, deeply unsettling. So, thank you all so much. Uh, we'll see you next week, and as always, stay scared.